Alright, let's start then. Uh, welcome to the second Gridcoin Hangout, hosted on uh, the Beyond Bitcoin uh, Mumble channel. We have uh, eight people in attendance today. It's down from 14, 13 uh, last week, but uh, still decent, you know. Uh, we've not got very uh, upvoted uh, topics on like the, the last Hangout, but uh, should we just start? With the first one, which is uh, the new developer that's been uh, hired for Gridcoin. He's not actually in the uh, the Mumble channel at the moment, unfortunately. But, I mean, we can, you know, mention him and uh, celebrate the fact that we've got a second developer. Indeed. He is uh, Joseph Krug, uh, if that's how you spell his sec- how you pronounce his second name. Uh, he worked for, uh, on Augur, which is a decentralized... Uh, platform for prediction markets and he also worked on uh sidecoin which is a, a snapshot mechanism like uh taking snapshots of other blockchains and creating new uh blockchains based on the snapshotted blockchain so he seems to be quite competent uh and uh i believe rob is prioritizing uh, improving synchronization uh and porting the windows voting functionality over to Linux. Uh, after that, I think probably what will happen will be uh, removal of old dead code from the client, just cleaning things up, you know, before we go into like any crazy new features or whatnot. Yes. We created a two-week-long uh, poll uh, almost a fortnight ago now, and uh, about six days into it, Rob removed it from the... Uh, from the whitelist because it was uh, overwhelmingly being, uh, you know, voted to for removal. Uh, I believe uh, in the future we should really kind of uh, try and uh, hold out the entire length of uh, polls. And uh, in this case, we could have maybe uh, kicked the cheater hacker chai from the our team. You know, try and explore our uh, ability to kick users from the team before uh, removing the project altogether. That's something moving forward, you know, kind of lessons learned. Got a couple of people that were, you know, who had voted uh, to keep it. You know, I think uh, XX Unreal, uh, he was uh, a bit annoyed that it was kind of, we jumped to the conclusion, you know. Hey, Ape, uh, APC here. Uh, can you give a quick, like, the summary background of the Wooprop story? Because I know I'm not terribly clear on it, and any uh, new people listening to this probably don't know a whole lot either. Yeah, sure. I'll quickly link uh, the Steam post that I created on this. Basically, uh, I could summarize it as uh, a few things happened. So first off, an individual uh, named Hacker Chai managed to exploit uh, the credit system uh, in that he, it's assumed that he used multiple uh, virtual machines running uh, the non-compute intensive project uh, Goofy X Grid to uh, inflate his WProp uh, rack. And basically that allowed him to get 65% of the total team uh, rack. So he inflated his uh, magnitude by 2400 in the space of like a fortnight. So uh, people were really annoyed about that and concerned. Uh, And it kind of just added to the list of other things that were kind of wrong with uh, WProp. So... Uh, off the top of my head, they've not got uh, 
SSL encryption. That's something that's quite uh, annoying that we have trying, been trying to be pushing for, you know, all projects to be uh, uh, implementing SSL because you can get SSL for free now if you go through Let's Encrypt or, you know, uh, there's a couple other uh, similar uh, products out there that you no longer have to pay, you know, $100 or whatever to get SSL. So um, another thing is that... Uh, the f- the purpose of WProp itself isn't very. Uh, I don't think it really has much of a purpose anymore. I mean, like the the data that it returns, right? You go onto their website and it's on it's uh, like Python based resu- results, right? So you, if you have if you're trying to decide uh, what graphics card to go for, like if you've got two, uh, you know, two choices, you want to figure out what's the best one for you, you can basically find out how quick each graphics card can solve uh, an individual work unit in seconds, but then it doesn't provide any uh, data along the lines of, uh, you know, the average rack or anything like that. Uh, like, that would be very useful for, say, uh, you know, profitability calculators. So at the moment, it's kind of, it's limited in how, you know, how much purpose it has after, you know, the... The results it produces are, you know, not exactly brilliant. Uh, and also, you can completely uh, make it redundant by going to each individual Boink project and extracting the host.xml uh, compressed file. And that will be everyone who has not hidden their computer for an individual project uh, will have their full computer stats uh, you know, shown in this uh, extract. So you can, some projects, it's like gigs in size. Uh, you know, you could extract that and use it for uh, profitability calculators. And it's regularly updated, I think, every 24 hours. So, you know, if you really want to figure out what's the best uh, hardware for you, you could, uh, you know, interpret that. So I think that, yes, yeah, so in summary, it's uh, the long lasted uh, concerns over SSL and the lack of purpose of the results and recently the uh, the instance of the hacker or well the cheater basically uh, yep oh, okay thank you no worries the real issue is the fact that we jumped the gun on the poll I think that if we're going to have a procedure, we should probably stick to it just for everybody's peace of mind. It is somewhat centralized. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, a couple of users were saying that perhaps we should have uh, made the poll shorter. You know, when I created it, they were saying, oh, it's going to be two weeks before we're able to deal with this cheater. And I mean, removing a Boink project... Uh, just because someone's cheating shouldn't be the first, uh, you know, uh, action we take. It should be, we should try and kick them from the team. And if they keep joining, we should try and like uh, alert the, the uh, project admins. If if we then don't hear back from the project admins and cheating is rampant and, you know, our attempts to kick them from the team, uh, to which they can just immediately rejoin or they can change their CBID and kind of double down efforts of uh, cheating and uh, you know, in a more hidden fashion. Uh, if that fails, then we could then try and uh, remove them from the whitelist in the future. But yeah, uh, I think the problem is that uh, 
Rob's really busy in in real life, so I think he saw the that we were taking we were having the poll, and uh, you know that it was going one way or the other, and uh, you know kind of did jump the gun. And I mean, at the time, only about a seventh of the total uh, voting weight had uh, you know voted, and that is actually quite high uh, compared to usual. Uh, usually, we only have like. Uh, a fourteenth of the total voting weight participating in a poll, so so it was uh, you know one of the most voted upon polls. But at the same time, we should only really jump the gun if uh, if we go over fifty percent for one option or the other. Um, how about getting a a, a, um, a published procedure for that sort of thing? Yeah, definitely, we could go ahead and do that. Uh, I could put that on my to-do list to write up a Steam post, uh, you know, kind of stating how we're going to go about, uh, you know, polls in the future. Uh, I think it does need some input on how long people think uh, polls should last. Uh, and also uh, polls themselves. Uh, there's uh, This was a previous topic uh, discussed in the last uh, Gridcoin Hangout was that the most used voting weight type is the magnitude plus balance voting type and i believe that the magnitude side of that is uh unbalanced it's uh equal to balance uh magnitude is equal to balance so if we change that so it's more uh, appropriate and then uh you know polls will be uh they'll be more trustworthy the result you know like take the uh the hacker chai guy for example uh he managed to get 2400 mag which equated to about 8 million uh, voting weight and compared to uh, with that 2400 man he could potentially have uh, you know changed the outcome of polls or pushed through uh, you know uh, expenses usually I say uh, expenses only have 50 million uh, stake weight uh, or well voting weight participation so if he had 8 out of 50 you know that's quite it's quite a heavy uh, you know fraudulently acquired say in a poll so yeah, uh, I will create a post about that, and I'd appreciate some, uh, you know, participation in discussing the uh, the length of polls and whatnot. It's a good idea. Cheers. So, how much harder would it be to spoof the uh, like get like a whole bunch of wallets and uh, just make a bunch of less cheating accounts that we might not notice? Well, I mean, it's it's. We're we're going to instantly notice, or well, we're going to hopefully notice quite quickly if someone suddenly jumps from uh, zero mag uh, to having ninety percent of a single project's, uh, you know, team score. That's obvious. I think they're only going to start like if a cheater was to uh, get caught, get kicked, and uh, you know, repeatedly get kicked or even banned from the project. Then he may double down with his exploit, you know, and uh, try and blend in uh, i think it's it's pretty easy to do i mean if you've got uh you could create two virtual machines use two different new email addresses and have new uh, cpids instantly you know so it's not that big a task yeah so i was thinking like it w- would it be that much harder to make like a thousand emails and a thousand virtual machines that are hacking and then distribute his already ill-gotten gains into those wallets to you know have a little voting pool i don't even think i don't think you need to i don't think you'd need to uh 
to do a thousand accounts, even like, you know, 10 or 50 at max, you know, would go well unnoticed. It would look like normal results, you know? Yeah, that's a flaw that has to be sorted. It's uh, something that could potentially be fixed with the fourth gen credit system. You know, if we get around to defining that, uh, that and also if a project is like being uh, manipulated uh, and we we do kick users, then we should follow up that with uh, with the boink admin, the boink project admins asking like, uh, what happened? Are you, uh, you know, changing your verification or how to deal with these cheaters in the future? If not, then maybe its whitelist uh, status should be brought into question. Vulnerability is in the project itself. We don't need to change the, the ability to open multiple wallets or CPIDs. We have to make sure that the projects themselves are not easily exploited. Yeah. Truth is, if, yeah. if Hacker Chai had actually created 2,400 WooProp machines, virtual machines, um, my understanding is the uh, project folks think they were he was legitimately crunching across all those machines. That's a that's a project issue. It's the project itself wasn't broken. It's, it's we have to be very careful about over responding to this particular issue and actually get to the nub of. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, uh, W prop, for example, I'm not sure exactly how active it is. Uh, their last uh, news post on their Boink project, uh, you know, news page uh, is like two or three years ago. And uh, I previously uh, went, uh, posted in a wishlist thread uh, asking for the uh, the rack results, you know, the average rack results, uh, you know, not just the second results. And I uh, didn't hear anything back from them, and I think it was a pretty dead topic. So it's kind of like, a, you know, whether or not they could react or not, you know. And I think it was a, a, a pretty recent issue. Because it's a Goofy X grid that was taken advantage of, and that's only been in the last five months. And it sheets home to individual projects, as opposed to radically changing the way Gridcoin works. I would suggest that for polls, we different kinds of polls, some that can be shorter and some that can be faster, so that you know they're not all two weeks. Although I think that's a good number. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the problem with making a really short poll is that not everyone, uh, you know, checks Reddit or the forums or even IRC, you know, that frequently. They could, you know, uh, go away for a week, come back and find the, their favorite project or multiple projects have been removed because we kind of rushed them through. I think we should standardize it, you know. That's something we could do in that, uh, that proposed uh, Steam thread have a poll on how long polls are going to be? Yeah, but potentially we could, you know, uh, after discussing it uh, fairly. Yeah, if, I mean, polls are only really necessary if we've not got proper consensus, you know. If a thread has got everyone saying, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, then we might not need to go ahead with it. Um, this, uh, I must disagree. On a forum, you don't know if, for example, 20 accounts belong to the same person. That's a very good point. But the same also consists with uh, 
the pulls in Gridcoin, yeah? We can also not be sure of that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think uh, the the voting system within Gridcoin certainly could be uh, improved. I've been uh, uh, chasing up, uh, or we're getting in contact with uh, Blockstack uh, recently. Uh, about two months ago, I'd uh, investigated uh, porting it to Gridcoin, and uh, they were moving uh, blockchain-facing logic around. So I've just emailed them again, or well, posted on GitHub about it again, and hopefully we can work towards uh, using uh, their Blockstack virtual chain software to uh, make a better voting system. Basically, that will allow us to uh, uh, extract the voting data. It's basically, uh, it will go through, it will look at each block and see if there's, uh, you know, an op return smart transaction in there. If it is, it will store it in their database or whatever. And then uh, once it's fully gone for every block, you'll then have a nice database that you can parse so we wouldn't be over really overly reliant on one web, web service like uh, grid research corp basically if anyone in the community could then go through the uh, results of a poll or what have you you know sounds good definitely i like that a lot well we we have to see what we want either yeah we make the poll so that the that we go after majority of coin holders yeah and then yeah i mean a guy could have 20 accounts or just one account it doesn't matter yeah his 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 um balance is important yeah or um as you um, indicated before yeah i mean if it's about um, getting consensus on 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 people then i would prefer something like an audio conference because here um, a guy's voice, he cannot, he cannot fake it, yeah, for example. And then we could say, okay, f- 10 humans agreed on blah, 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 yeah. I'm, but I'm not sure if people want that, yeah. The other choice is uh, voting based on coin amount. And, yeah, that's what we do at the moment, I think. I think you've got a good idea there, Can the voice. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I mean, I'm, I don't... F- I don't think a lot of, uh, you know, uh, duplicate account, you know, subversion is going on in the forums. In the past, I've had duplicate accounts just from, like, uh, you know, posting on one laptop and then going to another computer and being like, oh, what's my password? Let's make a new account and then get having two accounts. But I've never, you know, argued with myself or anything like that. But I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I think this uh, mumble session is a good idea in the future, you know. It's a good way of weeding out the people who want to try and do that sort of thing anyway. Yeah. When you're confronted face-to-face, you get, uh, or, uh, or, uh. I mean, at the same time, we do need to drive up, uh, you know, participation in these mumble sessions. Uh, the previous mumble session was, uh, we only had, like, I don't know, three days' notice, and uh, we had 12 users attend, and then we had over a week's notice for this one, and we uh, have less attendance not to discredit you know your attendance thank you very much for showing up but it's just you know it'd be great if we could get rob to show up but or you know more of the operators from irc or try and get katie or whatever you know yeah indeed well i think i, th- I think that will change because uh people will, will will actually hear that we're reasonable on here and we're not messing around that's the important thing Definitely. I think a lot of people may be shy or nervous, you know. I certainly was before the first episode, you know. 
after listening to a couple, they may join in, you know? Sorry, to be fair, we do have three new users in this chat as well. It's a very good point. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Just point out that the problem with the mumble chat is that it is a one-off, unlike a vote, which can sit on your wallet for two weeks, 24-7. Uh, or that uh, possibly how the votes are worded and crafted and which votes move forward would be best decided in a chat like this by activists. Um, but you still need to go to the wider community. We have a problem that, you know, only about 65 million coins on average are staking at any one time. So there's a lot of wallets out there that are sitting idle, people not participating either in the chain or obviously in this sort of forum. Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw in another community, the, the BitShares community, they developed this big, you know, delegated proof-of-stake system where, like, uh, the community could vote on, you know, oh, let's pay for this to be built or whatever. But then they found out that only, like, 10% of their their total uh, stake weight was actually voting. So, you know, whales could push through things, you know. I think we do need to uh, try and overcome that, whether that's, you know, through uh, maybe the email marketing system or for other means, I'm not sure. Yeah, some way to drive up community participation. Well, Erkin was talking about potentially uh, moving towards using the... Uh, uh, a, a newer uh, consensus mechanism. Basically, we're, we forked from uh, Blackcoin uh, uh, Proof-of-Stake version 2, right? They currently have upgraded to version 3 where your reward for Proof-of-Stake, uh, you know, minted blocks, it's not based on how much you staked with. It's uh, a fixed, uh, you know, a fixed value reward, so you have you're encouraged to always have a, a node online. You know, that's something we could do to stake weight participation, perhaps. Sounds like a good idea. That uh, to start tail, uh, what happens to the email marketing? Uh, I I totally hit a a bit of a wall with regards to like uh, opsec. You know, I I, I create the first uh, uh, newsletter, and then I was you know hit test you know preview and then it had all of my personal information on it and i was like what that's not okay you know i don't want to have that uh i went through the you know the reasons for it and turns out uh even just for our community of like seven thousand people uh, who have given their consent to receive these emails through you know boink projects uh you know we we'd have to uh obey the uh, anti-spam laws basically so i think one thing we could do to get around that would be i could uh, get a p.o box uh, so that my home address wouldn't be out there you know to seven thousand of the uh, gridcoin community not that you know i don't trust the gridcoin community it's that you know i don't want people turning out of my door you know <laughs> yeah that's understandable yeah like uh as Kuraka was saying about the idle wallets and stuff, is there maybe we should uh, pop a notice on the website or something about the importance of keeping the wallet alive and how it keeps the network alive and you can vote through it and stuff like that? I think potentially what a main problem is that there's, uh, there's quite a, a few whales that may have gone completely... Uh, away from the net you know the community they've gone afk for a long while i mean like uh 
there's a few users that are just no longer in the forums, you know, and they're, they're not in the IRC either, like uh, Letter Strumpf and like Big Swifty as well. You know, they may drop off the face of the earth, you know, you don't know what happened to them. Uh, but yeah, for sure, we could uh, redo parts of the website. Uh, the issue with that is that you don't want to kind of shove it in like new users faces like the importance of it like previously i, I had this section that said that uh, all oh, the best environment for staking is to rent uh like a five dollar vps you know uh on digital ocean or whatever because that provides uh network bandwidth to you know the rest of the network uh and we had uh, users jumping into IRC saying, oh, I'd want to just run this on uh, my computer. This is really confusing me. So I guess we, sh- we could do it, but I would probably need, uh, you know, someone to go over the uh, new content so it wasn't too confusing. Just keep it simple, you know? Yeah, simplicity, simplicity is the key word. Yep, I'll follow on that simplicity comment and say I think that Rob's choosing to get the voting working on Linux is actually very important. Um, I vote in probably 5% of polls because my wallet, GUI wallet, doesn't show the polls, even on the screen, because the QT is messed up on Linux. Nor can I use the uh, drop-down menu to do it. So in terms of just raw participation, making it simple, making it easy, we have a lot of Linux users um, on the coin. That's a great yeah. way to get people to have their wallet open and to participate, more importantly. Definitely. Uh, in the Steam post for uh, the WU prop, uh, you know, whitelist poll, I included, uh, you know, instructions for... Linux users how to vote through the console. So I think in the meantime, until we do get these uh, GUI changes, that should be like a mandatory thing that you include exactly how to vote without a GUI, you know, uh, without placing your own bias on the question, that is. But I agree, like uh, we do have a majority of our users are using Linux and that's not just a problem with voting, but it's also a problem with uh, the neural network staking, uh, you know, Super blocks. If we're going over the twenty-four hour, you know, uh, estimated time, it could be because uh, the majority of users staking at the moment are uh, running Linux and just don't have the functionality. So hopefully, that is something alongside, you know, the voting and uh, the syncing and uh, removing dead code that are priorities for the new developer. I think that's an important priority. Definitely. And I mean, if we're not going to explore removing the team requirement in the short term. I think we could scale back the neural network. At the moment, we, we download several gigabytes of data. It looks like we download uh, all of the data that we could use for all users, you know, if we didn't have the team requirement. So instead of doing that, we could maybe, uh, you know, do a direct uh, team XML query and cut it down from like several hundred megs per project to like, you know, a couple, maybe a meg or something, you know, that could maybe make it a bit more stable. Like there's a couple users in the uh, the forum that every once in a while, uh, there's a weird glitch that someone will say, oh, the neural network's using the majority of my hard drive, you know, uh, that would probably be a, you know, no longer an issue. On improving the number of wallets that are open, um, it would probably be helpful to have just a, a checkbox and settings on install, just the good old, start on startup 
just like point has. That's a good point. I think the option does exist, but it's just not enabled by default. Um, potentially, we could enable it by default. Uh, alternatively, uh, a new, you know, startup wizard could be a good uh, uh, thing to investigate in the future. Like, uh, like I launched the. Uh, I was looking into other cryptocurrencies last night, and I launched the uh, the Ethereum. Uh, client and it came up with like i don't know 10 different things you know like in a wizard saying you know asking me to configure it before it even launched the client i mean that's something that could definitely uh take a lot of the headache out for users especially users that don't read to the tutorials like we were previously previously talking about like uh you know a simple infographic if you have no coins but you have point computation use pool if you have uh you know the ability to buy coins and you don't uh you do have, you know, point computation go solo, and if you uh, have coins, but you don't, you know, have uh, point comp- computers uh, go investor. Just kind of like make it really simple. That's definitely something that could uh, make user uh, usability improve. You know, improve it. You know. Okay. Yeah, I see the checkbox here in the settings, but actually, it's never started on a startup, so it must not be inserting correctly, or something's going on. Uh. If you want, you could create a, a, an issue in GitHub, and I'll uh, try and replicate it and you know back it up. Or even I could create the issue on your behalf if you want. Okay, um, I've never used GitHub, but I should learn, so I'll go ahead and do it. Cool, cool. Yeah, if if you ever encounter uh, issues with uh, Gridcoin, you know, uh, if it crashes, uh, grab the debug logs and create a you know a GitHub issue, even if it's the uh, even if it's you know uh, proven to be like user error, it's better to have uh, that de- that you know the statistics show on GitHub that we had an issue, the issue got closed, and we basically dealt with it. Because uh, a lot of external uh, cryptocurrency websites like uh, Crypto Compare and CoinGecko, they pull GitHub info, you know, and uh, uh, improve stats there, pushes up those uh, comparison tables and drive more users to, you know, Gridcoin itself. So don't be fear of, uh, you know, raising issues. I feel like our statistics, sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, uh, I feel like our statistics would be way higher if we weren't uh, reporting so many issues through the forums instead of GitHub, you know what I mean? Cool. Here's a quick question, and I suppose uh, it, it, it may come from me being a newbie. Is there any way of um, messaging an actual wallet? Um, so I was thinking about inactive wallets, uh, messaging the wallet in order to, to get someone to react. I mean, if it's, if it's offline, then no. Uh, you know, you could maybe try and send a transaction with uh, op return data. And maybe have the client uh, interpret that op return data in the future to, you know, uh, prompt the user to, I don't know, become more active. But that's just, you know, uh, brainstorming there. Uh, I think our bet, our better option for, uh, you know, retrieving lost users is through the marketing. Apparently, we've got got like seven thousand users users in our team. And uh, 2,500 in the neural network. So that's quite a difference of uh, users that potentially signed up during, you know, like Reddit campaigns and were really enthusiastic, but then were put off by potentially at the time the client being unstable. You know, those are users we could bring back. Uh, I've tried to chase up, you know, uh, 
old users on the uh, the forums, and sometimes it just goes in a dead end. Like uh, Big Swifty used to be quite a, an active member on a, a CryptoCoin talk, and uh, yeah, disappeared uh, February 2015, and his company went offline. I don't know. It's, you know, it's, what I'm basically saying is that sometimes people don't come back, you know? Yeah, Big Swifty sold his stake, Don after a disagreement with Rob, so that was, uh, I don't think he's a whale who's sitting there with a, an unrunning wallet. Um, but there are the, yeah. there are the, plenty of whales out there who are inactive. Yeah. Like, I know that Lederstrumpf is a, a whale, and he is inactive. Uh, I think he completed uh, university, like, last year, and uh, he, since then, he's kind of gone quiet. I'm not sure if he's moved somewhere and started work and focusing on that, or... Who knows? I could maybe we could maybe reach out to some of the older users on our forums, you know. But like you say, some of the uh, the users could have uh, some of the old uh, whales could potentially have sold out of their stake, or also quite likely is that coins get destroyed quite often, you know. Like in classic, I know I've destroyed hundreds of thousands of Red Coin Classic coins just from you know, oh, I formatted the wrong hard drive, bugger, you know. So as time progresses, coins do disappear. Just wait till they're worth, you know, $200 a coin. Yeah, they'll be going for a garbage dump for them. <laughs> well, it seems to me that the email outreach is an important thing to get sorted, um, one way or another. I think the spam laws are pretty much everywhere now. Yeah, I don't think it's something we can get around. If we did get around it, you know, an enterprising user be emailed could potentially sue us. Yeah, I was looking at, like, you know, the consequences, and it was like, uh, if you don't include your name, you know, with the email, it's like $500 per email. It's like, holy crap, that's not, let's not uh, mess with that then. Let's go and do that properly. Oh, well, maybe we should send them from New Zealand. We're not quite as harsh here. <laughs> let's totally explore that, you know? Seriously, we should find the friendliest anti-spam law. Use it. Yeah, I, I'll. If we could uh, collaborate on uh, finding the best, uh, you know, email solution, then let's go ahead with that. Uh, currently, I was looking into uh, Mailchimp, and it's not the it's not the cheapest, and also it has you know all these uh, uh, you know requirements of you have to give your full contact details, whatever. So yeah, let's make that a priority with uh, regards to reaching out to. Uh, you know, old users and people that have gone and stuff. Absolutely. Startail, uh, can you not say they opted in when you signed up to Gridcoin? Uh, no, because they don't provide us their email address when they launch the Gridcoin client. Basically, 95% of Boink users tick uh, an option when they sign up to each Boink project that says, I allow the Boink project admins and the team founder user to email me. And I think a lot of people don't realize that the team founder for your Boink project, uh, well, the team that you're in within said Boink project could have access to like, no, in our case, a couple thousand used uh, email addresses. And that is full consent to email them. And some projects don't provide any uh, method of emailing, you know, users. Uh, So you would have to extract those email addresses, put it in, uh, to an external tool, uh, I think potentially uh, we may get a bit of backlash from users. You know, maybe like ten percent or whatever might email back. Like, I never consented to this. You know, unsubscribe me. So that was the first thing. The header of the 
the uh, newsletter, it stated like, uh, hey, you provided uh, full consent to receiving this email. If you don't want to receive this email in the future, uh, go into your each of your blank projects and remove this setting and hit unsubscribe and uh, you won't get, you know, emailed again. So that's something we get, uh, you know, any trouble out the way immediately and continue ahead, you know, with uh, basically be the only cryptocurrency that can email their core user base. That's pretty cool. I think a lot of users may still think we're, you know, a script proof of work cryptocurrency, you know, and we've not changed at all. You know, uh, users are, you know, surprised when they come back and they're like oh it's proof of stake and it's you know distributed proof of research instead of you know uh, it's advanced quite significantly in the last couple of years yeah, that's what i'm saying and not a lot of users know that should we talk about such flex uh, the the admin for that or the developer or whatever said he was going to show uh, but he has not yet uh it would appear they are going and they are launching like open beta or something soon uh what that allows uh, users to do is it's like, uh, I believe they're running their own uh, bank pool, uh, you know, within Team Gridcoin, similar to Katie's pool. And their front uh, front end is, uh, it's like a, quite a user-friendly GUI. And it's like, uh, you know, you can click a couple buttons and it will just immediately start crunching boink for you. And uh, they also do storage and, I don't know, I think the main... Uh, some proof of work cryptocurrencies. They don't have, uh, you know, anything to say about such flex. It's a pretty UI. It's a very pretty UI. Well, well, the Indians also sold their worth things for some shiny, cheap pearls. Yeah, I mean, you are handing over control of like uh, project selection and uh, to you know a third party. That's kind of dangerous. I mean, there's always that risk of uh, an, a, a Boink account manager pushing uh, a new Boink project to your computer without your consent. That's not really occurred in the past, but with uh, such flex, that is the case. You know, you don't, uh, you know, configure it deeper. You know, uh, you don't select the individual projects. So potentially, what could happen is that a project could be, you know. Uh, a pro- an individual project could be exploited or whatever in the future, just hypothetically, and you didn't realize you were crunching it and you get infected. I mean, that's just a really far out there hypothetical, but it's, that's something, that's a risk of uh, not being in control of what runs in your computer. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. We do whitelist correct, uh, decent projects that aren't, you know, bad. Um, my question is: Did someone try this already, or are this such flex? Or because you said um, you you run an application or something, yeah, and and the application is not the normal Boink client, or what is it? I think it, it it's they've got their own front end UI, uh, and and behind it they've got you know your mining clients and your Boink client. And it just takes all the configuration out of the user's hand and makes it as easy as possible. So, like, you'll click a couple buttons. Like, I want to share my, I want to make money off of my uh, storage, off my CPU, and off my GPU. And that's all the user knows that they are making money. And there's like a wee animation, you know, going. Uh, but I don't know. They've got. Uh, this is why I kind of wish that uh, you know the admin had uh, attended. Uh, they've got weird. Uh, you know, account pricing plans, like if you've got a free version, then a 
pro version which you have, to, you have to pay money for and then like a lifetime version you know it's a bit it's a bit odd that you have to pay for it you know but and you're not receiving the the grid you're not receiving the tokens directly you're receiving their such flex tokens you know so you have to then assume assume this is the case so you have to build up a a minimum quantity of such their flex token then uh you know uh, exchange out to you know uh, from their website it look, didn't look like you'd exchange out to gridcoin it looked like it looks like they could only exchange out to like bitcoin and like paypal or like paypal cards or whatever but maybe that's something that will change you know well yeah i i heard it from from some places yeah but um i didn't visit the website i just saw how they announced it on 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 reddit yeah with not so much information and stuff and that they didn't have the info updated on the website and someone mentioned on the reddit how this is profitable like with uh mentioning a pc device and stuff yeah i don't know i i'm more cautious yeah and since the guy didn't show up today here don't know yeah i agree the, there's also like uh, the the estimated income from like you know graph the hardware on their main website it's questionable you know they've got uh you know estimated uh with old graphics card like 40 dollars a month and it's like well if you're not picking if you're just doing boink with a graphics card you're probably not gonna make that you know so i'm not sure it's uh entirely accurate but that could be that they're mining some proof of work cryptocurrency that's being pumped or something like that i don't know and also, we uh, we threw their client through uh, Virus Total, the uh, a web virus scanner uh, uh, service that uh, scans it through like fifty virus scanners, and uh, several of them freaked out, saying, "Oh, you know, uh, warnings, you know, about like trojans or whatever." But uh, that could be just the fact that it's got bundled in mining, you know, tools, you know, that otherwise would be malware, you know. So yeah, um, maybe hopefully it'll turn up next uh, next hangout and you know clear some things up. But uh, in the meantime, let's uh, move on. If, unless anyone has anything to say about such flex, yeah, I'm just iffy on it. Yeah, looking at the website, I just see commission written all over it. Cool. Well, do you mind if I talk about my uh, my new project rain uh, project idea? Bring it on. All right. Cool. So. Uh, Last hangout, uh, an individual uh, asked whether it would be possible to, you know, uh, distribute Steam, uh, the Steam Power, or Steam Dollars, whatever, uh, for Boink work. He wasn't that interested in Gridcoin itself, and uh, I said, "Yeah, it's very possible. All you need to do is to uh, create a Boink project that matched your CPID to uh, your, uh, you know, crypto cryptocurrency address or cryptocurrency account, you know, and." Uh, you can immediately then do extend Project Rain. So, uh, you know, after talking about that, I created a Steam post, to, you know, gauging interest. It got about 40 people voted on, you know, upvoted it. And so we decided to go ahead and make it. Uh, I've managed to get the uh, Boink project running. I've added the extra fields and I've managed to expose the uh, the uh, users' uh registered uh, crypt- cryptocurrency addresses and and or accounts in the xml so you could just pull the one uh you know uh user.xml.gz file from 
uh, my project website and you would immediately have uh, a list of all uh, you know, users who have registered and, uh, you know, basically match their CBID to whatever cryptocurrency you are interested in. So currently uh, it will support, uh, just off the top, just initially, it was the idea is to support uh, Gridcoin, uh, BitShares, Ethereum, uh, that's ETH, not Classic. Uh, no, Erkin, it's not launched yet. Is this is? I'm um, hopefully it's going to be launched within the next week or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I meant the info associating different um, um, addresses to <laughs> your CPID or whatever. This is not in public, or? I mean, I cannot query because you said .xml blah blah blah. Uh, it's cur- currently the project doesn't exist, and it's not like I'm going to be scraping this from the Gridcoin client or from any other website, it's purely, uh, it's a consensual thing. Like you register for, you register with the Boink project uh, website and you provide your details. If you don't provide your details, then no one will have the ability to match your CPID to your uh, other uh, cryptocurrency addresses accounts. It's just to extend the project rain functionality to other cryptocurrencies and to Gridcoin itself outside of Team Gridcoin. So potentially, we could, you know, re- reward uh, all users who participate in an inter-team uh, competition. And I mean, like, uh, that wouldn't require those users from other teams to switch team and, uh, you know, crunch for us to earn those coins. They just need to run the client, get an address, and we'd send them coins. And fair enough, they might sell them, but at the same time, they might, you know, hold on to them or invest or even switch team, you know? So it's a decent marketing idea. Yeah, I, I see the, the advantage of it. Mm, sorry, I'm, I, let me ask again more clearly. So when, when I add, for example, now my mid-pictures address or blah, 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 only uh, you and I can see the information, yeah? As if the project would exist, yeah? No, it's fully public. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so basically, yeah, uh, you create an anonymous account, you know, don't go associate, if you're don't, if you worried about privacy, don't associate your main accounts with it, you know. I mean, at the moment, it's pretty, uh, Gridcoin is not that private in terms of uh, you can see who's created the blocks, you know, and uh, you can see who's earned how much. Uh, CPID-wise, you know, so you can get a rough estimate of who uh, whales are, you know, from the data in the blockchain itself. Yeah, yeah, but uh, why must the info of, uh, for example, this user has uh, these three addresses in whatever coins, why must this info be in public? I mean, you just can have it in uh, uh, viewable only by the admin and myself, or why must it be viewable also by others? This, uh, this point I don't understand. I, I don't want to be the one issuing uh, assets. Potentially, that could put me in, uh, you know, uh, hot water in you know certain countries for their reg- like uh, regulations. You know, currently it's uh, you can get into trouble if you run an ICO or an IPO because that's basically securities fraud, right? You're distributing basically uh, unregulated stock. But with this, it's issuing like uh, say you went onto BitShares created a user-issued asset for like $10 and then spread, uh, rained that onto, you know, uh, Team Gridcoin. Uh, you know, basically, it wouldn't have to be me. Anyone could do it. If you 
put your BitShares account up there, right? And then people who are creating new uh, BitShares user issues assets or uh, BitShares, or yeah, basically you wouldn't be receiving just the user issued assets that I would create. You could be potentially receiving multiple, like, uh, so say you put up like five different addresses, you could then continue crunching Boink and continuously be receiving new assets from people, uh, you know, in those communities. The idea is to open up Project Rain to everyone, not just me and you. If it was just yourself, then no one could see your uh, address, so they wouldn't be able to rain on you. If it was just me, then I would be, you know, I would be a middleman for distributing new assets that people want interested or are interested in. Basically, I'm just running a blank project that matches a CPID to new cryptocurrency addresses. Uh, that's not putting me in any, you know, hot war or anything like that. You know, it's pretty safe. That can answer your question, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true that I can create on every platform a new address, yeah, so it wouldn't be associated to my existing uh, addresses, yeah, from that point, uh, okay, but, uh, yeah, still it provides some, um, how to say, clustering, if in the future someone makes an error or so, you, you or someone could uh, gather gather um, more insight on yeah, on the user. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but potentially, say, like, you know, the NSA showed up at my door and said, you know, provide us the data or whatever. I could probably destroy the, you know, the project or whatever. But at the same time, yeah, it's public data. Uh, so if you register... Uh, accounts that you use already and you do something illegal on account say you buy something off the dark net and you link that address to your cpid then immediately you're exposing yourself to like uh you know your cpid is spread across like 30 projects right what if uh you know uh some of those projects are in jurisdictions like in america someone could you know authorities could go to the project admin and be like, yeah, can we get that guy's email address? And he's probably going to go, yeah, sure. So basically don't, don't, you know, uh, reuse addresses. Uh, don't, you know, it's just an OPSEC issue, you know, create new accounts, create new addresses, keep, uh, your identities separate from one another, basically. Uh, Startail, uh, like, uh, registering, uh, where to transfer rain if someone wants to uh, wants to another address yeah so it's basically like you register uh multiple cryptocurrency accounts right and if say the different cryptocurrencies that it will be enabled for initially it's uh gridcoin steam uh bitshares nxt and uh ethereum yep so for steam for example the idea is that we could uh say upvote this this post and uh we will distribute the rewards to uh people who are trying to solve you know uh, ebola or whatever and if that got to the front page you know we could be potentially distributing a couple thousand dollars to users in boink and if there's not that many people in the you know uh, who have matched their cpid to their steam account uh that could be quite a lot for you but at the same time it could be recruiting a lot of people from those external uh, you know, crypto uh, crypto communities 
to Boink, and if they see that they can make a uh, grid coin alongside all these other, you know, uh, reigned assets, then they may join Team Gridcoin as well, you know? So it's basically like, uh, it's trying to like merge uh, the communities of multiple cryptocurrencies and, uh, you know, some of these cryptocurrencies are have a way higher uh, market cap than us. So potentially we could be getting our name out there in front of a lot of investors who may buy Gridcoin, you know? Like, I know NXT, they tried to do their own boink thing, but it fell through. So I could go to their forum and be like, hey, check this out. You can distribute assets to boink users now, but it's in a centralized manner, not in a distributed manner, you know? Does anyone have any uh, questions about this? You really, did you say you're going to announce a release in about a week? Hopefully in about a week or two's time, Max. Uh, so I managed to get the boink docker server working. So uh, all I need to do now is to configure the, uh, well, customize the Boink project's uh, web page itself. Uh, I've created a front page for uh, the project. Uh, so that's going to be explaining how it works and uh, links for every single cryptocurrency that will be enabled in it and stuff like that. And uh, just trying to make it production ready. I've managed to get SSL working. So uh already ahead of other uh, point projects in that front and uh, just making sure that I've got it right, you know, uh, and not jump the gun and release it too early and, you know, have issues or whatever. So hopefully within the next latest in a fortnight, uh, you know, so I've been working on it quite heavily recently. Congratulations. Thanks. It's quite fun. I'm I'm looking forward to checking it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's only going to cost you like if you go to like uh, <clears throat> if you go to uh, Ethereum, NXT, or BitShares, you could you know create an asset for like five to ten dollars and distribute it to each other. You know, you could create a Pepperino coin and distribute it to Team Grid coin. You know, and we'd be able to trade it. Fair enough, it would have no value, right? It, initially, because like uh, no one bought it, they just got it traded to them, well sent to them. So it's kind of more like a a reward token, you know, but who knows, maybe in the future it may hold value. Equally, what you could do is we could appeal to uh, new cryptocurrencies that are coming out, basically say, hey, why don't you try and, uh, why don't you distribute like 10% of your new asset to point users, right? Uh, and that may get them a bit of publicity, you know, get them, uh, make it look like their project is, uh, you know, uh, ethical or looks out for the environment or whatever. I mean, with the with the BitShares platform, they have uh, share drops. So, like, say a new project comes out, they use the same platform that was developed for BitShares, so they will distribute, like, 5 to 10% against holders of BitShares. But uh, that requires you importing their private keys. There's risk there and stuff. Uh, with Project Rain, the you know, there's uh, no exchange of real-life identities. There's no exchange of private keys. You know, there's no risk there. Potentially, we could be distributing assets to more uh, users uh, than have uh, received, you know, initial coins. Uh, or how should I put this? Like, oh, okay, look at Aura Coin, the uh, Icelandic cryptocurrency that was distributed to their, uh, you know, 
inhabitants. I think it was 50,000 people received the coins and then they burnt the rest. But you needed to... Uh, you need to provide proof of identity through like Facebook, you know, linking your Facebook to your cryptocurrency account. Uh, with Boink, there's what, 500,000 plus users active and 4 million registered. Fair enough, the 4 million registered, a lot of them are no longer in Boink, but 500,000 users, you know, I don't think the maximum that uh, anyone has distributed a currency to is Oracoin with 50,000. What if we, you know, distributed an asset to like 100,000 Boink users and they got into cryptocurrency and then noticed Gridcoin got into Gridcoin. It's, you know, it's just like a very cheap method of, you know, uh, recruiting non-crypto users into cryptocurrency. Mm, well, I like the funding idea. Yeah, it gives, um, because I was asking why should they even do that? Yeah. So project admins and um, Boink project admins, for example, could do it also. Um yeah, but the thing is that <laughs> Gridcoin doesn't have so many uh, active CPID like uh, those 500,000s. Yeah? If someone, for example, as you mentioned, a new uh, coin pops up yeah, and they want to do marketing and then they say, okay, we give, as you said, 10% to Boink users. Yeah, Actually, only the current existing Gridcoin users would get it, not all of those 500,000s, right? That's entirely that's entirely possible. I mean, previously in like the first half of this year, right? I was I was uh, looking into the custom beacon idea, basically doing this, but on the Gridcoin blockchain. Uh, we managed to add the functionality of op return data, right? So you could create a raw transaction and basically put in a bit of data that says uh, my other account is this, and then you could then match that uh, new account to their staking address and then to their uh you know cpid but there's two problems with that first off the the neural network only has at the moment 2500 users in it so we're limited to 2500 users second off the uh user uh friendliness of it is is completely unuser friendly like you have to generate a raw transaction which is like a 10 step process and if you mess it up then it's not going to work chances are we'd only have like maybe a couple hundred people doing it and it wouldn't be that effective whereas with this you're not having to generate uh, you know a custom transaction or anything like that you just sign into account uh, register your uh, your other cryptocurrency addresses or accounts and uh, run it alongside your other boink projects and uh you know then it will have the same cpid as your other projects and you will be eligible for receiving project rain from multiple different cryptocurrency platforms and i mean yeah sure it could possibly create comp competitors in the boink environment but at the same time we should we shouldn't be afraid of users quote-unquote double dipping or you know com competitors we should be embracing it you know we should be pushing more of the idea of the merge mining, like, uh, you know, proof of work. If you've got uh, SHA-256 ASICs, you're earning Bitcoin, but you're also earning, like, uh, Namecoin and, you know, a couple other cryptocurrencies that you can then trade. If we can get, uh, you know, if we can distribute an asset to some Boink users and then they join Team Gridcoin and they're continuously receiving these assets, you know, then it's, it's all good, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, I understand the point. My my point is that actually when you start the Boeing project, you don't have so many users. I mean, they have to go to the Boeing side, yeah, and and add their details, yeah. But who will do that at the beginning? So basically, <laughs> um, convincing someone to to do, to donate. Um, would not work because uh, you, for example, immediately you would get perhaps the active Gridcoin users, yeah, if they do it. But uh, I'm not sure if all Boeing users <laughs> would immediately jump there and give you some details just for a perhaps coming uh, donation or something. I meant that, yeah, that the current users uh, on the on on your on the upcoming Boeing project are not so many. This is um, what I meant. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, okay, a couple points on that. Like, let's take uh, Goofy X Grid, for example. Uh, on one hand, it's a real blank project that's got, you know, uh, work units that you can crunch. So that's going to appeal to users that want to, uh, you know, crunch, uh, you know, work units and get a high score and get higher up in the leaderboard. There will be no work units. There will be no score on uh, the project you know that's it's largely going to be an a, a, like a dead project aside from the fact that you will be matching your cpid to multiple addresses yes at the beginning it will only be gridcoin users right but if i go to slash r ethereum slash r nxt you know all these other cryptocurrency uh uh, communities and say, hey, you can distribute, uh, you know, your asset of choice against, you know, potentially, you know, tens of thousands of users, you know, but we could see a lot of non-Boink users come in. Uh, if I was to uh, advertise on Boink stats and stay, no team requirement needed, no investment needed, uh, register, you know, potentially receive assets from, you know, newly generated cryptocurrencies or whatever on multiple platforms, then, you know, it's it's the difficulty of just registering an account. That's it. You know, there's there's not much uh there's not much in the way that would stop them from doing it. And maybe it would be worth uh you you raised a good point of uh, you know, not uh of like OPSEC, you know, uh, traceability of addresses and whatnot, I could make a big notice saying, make new address, make new accounts, you know, don't match this to uh, your your CPID, your, your, don't match your CPID to existing accounts or addresses because it could be, you know, it could increase fungibility, is that it? It's like basically traceability across multiple cryptocurrency platforms if you're worried about that. But uh yeah, back on topic with the Goofy X Grid, why I brought that up is that one of his blank, uh, uh, blog posts on his website was that after like only a few months of existence, he had 10,000 hosts running his project. So I think potentially people would, uh, yeah, I think I don't think there's much barrier to registry, you know, hopefully. I'm not sure because... Uh... For example, I might be a little bit more cautious because if someone wants my data, yeah, I why sh I don't misunderstand it, yeah, but why should I give them when I don't get something immediately in return? For example, uh, people who normally go to faucets and something, yeah, if you say them, yeah, register, you can win later on, yeah, probably those people will will, will flock, yeah, they will they they will come, but I'm not sure if the 
if 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 the target users you, you'd need, yeah, the real Boeing users, I'm not sure if they would uh, join or give their date. Um, <laughs> not sure. Also, uh, for example, I if I wouldn't know you, yeah, and your intentions, your good intentions, I'd probably not do it. Yeah, but I will do it. Yeah, because I know you. But uh, yeah. It's a it's a legit concern. Uh, I will, uh, you know, put up notices saying, uh, you know, a warning about privacy. You know, and uh, advising users how to improve their opsec with regards to matching their CPI D to uh, cryptocurrency addresses and accounts. It's a good idea. Uh, hopefully, it will take off. Uh, there's not much uh, risk on my end. It doesn't cost much to run the project either. It, I mean, at the moment, hopefully it won't uh, take up too much resources. But if if it is very successful and I've got like 50,000 users or whatever or more, then, yeah, I could see it costing more per month for me. But, yeah. but I mean, at, at the moment, I'm probably, yeah, after a certain quantity of users have registered, I'm probably going to be, you know, I'm going to try that uh, Steam post idea, you know, try and get on the front page of Steam rain that on boink users and that would increase our ability to be uh have influence on steam you know we'll be able to upvote our stuff and uh i'd probably create uh, a couple bitshares user user issued assets like for the uh the inter-team project uh competition idea you know uh likewise i could go on uh a conference calls like this like on the beyond bitcoin one and there's a couple others out there and you know advise them uh, hey i've added your favorite cryptocurrency like say i went to an ethereum meetup or an ethereum uh, conference call and said hey this is a cool new idea all you need to do is uh, extract one file and generate a transaction and that's you you've got you potentially distributed a new asset to several thousand users you know well, um, good luck. Yeah, I, I hope it, it boosts. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely join. <laughs> I raised the idea of potentially, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's a liquidity issue on the BitShares platform. Basically, they're talking about uh, subsidizing users running uh, liquidity bots. I uh, suggested to one of the creators of uh, said bot that they could, you know, create a bank project and they... He's, uh, you know, responded a few times about that, but it's not gone anywhere. But, uh, you know, it just shows you if you've got an idea, you reach out to someone in another community, you could, you know, potentially uh, cause a new point project to be generated, you know. So even brainstorming an idea that you come up with, you've not got the capability to create said idea uh, project, you know. Someone may come across it, think that's a really cool idea, I've got the ability to do it, you know. And uh, it might, you know, boost the blind community and the gridcoin community. Hello? Hey, we can hear you. Uh, do you want to give uh, a kind of explanation about uh, such flex and uh, go ahead? Sure, yeah. So thanks very much for uh, hosting this and uh, glad to be uh, speaking with you guys. My name is Ivan Zone. I'm uh, the CEO uh, of such flex. I'm uh, co creators with my. Um, Co-founder and CTO, his name is John Heater. Um, he has actually been uh, much more involved in the Gridcoin community, and you know has been more immersed. Um, and that said, right now he's driving across country to California, so he wasn't able to join me, unfortunately. Um, 
Yeah, but, um, you know, just uh, I, I guess I'm guessing most of you guys have looked at our website and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions, but kind of big picture, we, we kind of uh, find that it's helpful to use analogies uh, to describe the company and, you know, to the general public, we kind of use the analogy of Airbnb. So we say the same way, you know, Airbnb took under underutilized uh, physical spaces and turned them into a global virtual hotel. Uh, we take underutilized computing resources and attempt to uh, turn them into a global virtual uh, supercomputer. Uh, and maybe to, you know, folks who are more familiar with cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology and things like that. Um, sometimes we use the analogy of Coinbase. So we say the same way, you know, Coinbase made buying, um, uh, purchasing and, and transacting in Bitcoin and now Ethereum and digital currencies kind of available to a, a pretty much everyday person. But we are attempting to make participating in the blockchain uh, uh, accessible to you know, an everyday person who may not be tech savvy or uh, may not be motivated to um, sort of spend the time, you know, figuring out configurations and things like that. So we're just really focused on making the user experience very seamless and, you know, user centric and those kinds of things. So um, I hope that uh, was a, a good enough um Introduction. If you guys have uh, any questions, happy to answer them. We're very, you know, inspired by uh, Gridcoin community and you know what Gridcoin stand, stands for, as well as Boink, and um, you know, would love to be uh, a productive uh, a member and a collaborator. Cheers! That was a brilliant uh, introduction. Awesome. Man. I've got a couple little questions, so. Uh... First off, uh, higher up on the website, you've got uh, you've got like GPU, and uh, it shows like NVIDIA, AMD against like cryptocurrencies, and like the storage with CDE, FGH, and further down at the uh, the boink bit, like the CPU, and it shows you the multiple uh, projects, right? Yep. But then down at, and near the bottom, it says, watch such flex in action. And the GUI isn't quite as uh, similar as the uh, the website above. Is the uh, watch such flex in action uh, video like an older version? Or uh, how's the client going to look in the end? You know? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, actually, the video is um, something we've been trying to update and have been um, just a little bit part procrastination and part, you know, we had kind of other more uh, critical fires we've been trying to put out. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's good you noticed it. I mean, the, the video is uh, an, uh, almost like a demo before we even finished building the alpha. Um, so it, it looks pretty different at the moment. Uh, it does have CPU, um, you know, processor, storage, and the graphics uh, tile and in those tiles our user is able to control uh, turning it on turning it off and also there's like 
Um, right now we have sliders for the GPU section because we found, you know, just having light, medium, max um, was not granular enough, I guess, not enough control for lots of folks. So, um, and uh, currently the, the, um, the earnings are uh, tabulated in um, U.S. dollar, not in, um, even though we are planning, and we, right now we have, we allow users to redeem their earnings into what we call like flex cryptocurrency, which is currently just being tracked on a uh, on an internal ledger. I mean, we allow for U.S. dollar and Bitcoin payouts through PayPal, Coinbase, or a Bitcoin address, but we also we plan to issue a cryptocurrency in the future. So one of the options we provide, it's not the only option, it's one of them, uh, is um, to redeem into Flex, which currently is being tracked on um, an eternal ledger, and soon we'll kind of be releasing more information about that. So I know the the video just has, you know, you earn Flex or whatever in the video. So that's also um, right now uh, different. Cool. Excellent. Uh, So potentially... uh so you're saying you can earn not just flex. Uh, so could users receive a grid coin after the commission or is it, it goes to flex, then they can cash out into grid coin kind of thing. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's sort of like the, the, you know, the future plan or even short term plan that we're trying to realize that, um, and there's sort of the reality that, you know, right now it's a two-person team. We've just brought in um, a, a contract developer who we're, we're trying to bring on full-time. Uh, so we're working pretty hard, but, you know, there's only so much we can get done. Um, we were hoping by this point we would have actually like kind of a regular account. And then you can also have a pro account, which would give people more control under the hood. So the, the pro account was supposed to be uh, more for cryptocurrency enthusiasts and you could, you know, manage your own wallet and choose. You can see which cryptocurrency is actually being generated on the back end. And then, you know, you have a lot more control over all those things. Um, but at the moment, it's just a, um, you know, we just have the version out there that's kind of for everybody. It's just kind of the regular such flex, I guess, application. Um, and we basically trade all of the cryptocurrencies that we generate. We, we trade them into either, uh, well, usually we trade them into Bitcoin and then to US dollar. Uh, and then after we trade them into Bitcoin, we either pay out in Bitcoin or if somebody just wants to get paid in US dollars, either through Coinbase or PayPal, uh, we pay them out in US dollars. Could you... Uh promote uh, this evangelist option that's coming out uh, later in the year like uh, what users could do uh, like kind of define what going the extra mile is you know um, sorry could, could you repeat one more time uh, I was just talking about you were mentioning the member the pro uh, version but then there's also the evangelist uh, you know uh, option uh, do you want to kind of like promote what that's going to be like potentially in the future or yeah, sure. <clears throat> so when um, um, we, we made, uh, we had a couple of successful posts, uh, a lot of unsuccessful posts, but a couple of successful ones on Reddit back in May. 
Um, and we had a little over 2000 signups at that point in time. It was, um, a lot of, um, especially, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, beer money, the crowd, they're sort of, uh, yeah. So, you know, we were kind of, we were very surprised. I mean, we thought we would just be launching to like maybe a hundred, you know, a hundred people or something. Uh, but we ended up launching the, the first alpha version and the private beta version to over 2000 people. Uh, so we wanted to kind of really thank them and um, also, you know, our product, the first product was pretty buggy, actually. So we also felt bad that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we promised that we would launch it, but we kind of wanted to, uh, we just wanted to thank everybody that was, you know, using our, our beta at that point in time. So we kind of, uh, we had a founder, a pro, and a regular, and we, now we call them like such flex original accounts. So for, for founder and pro, we basically said, you don't pay any commissions for the, you know, forever. And, um, and, and we had, um, but we, we kind of right away split it into three accounts in terms of features. We kind of thought of it as two different accounts. One is the regular and one is the pro, but then the founders would have all of the pro features plus some, you know, they would get a break in you know, maybe we would roll out new features to them. Like they would have special treatment. Um, so we thought that we would introduce the founder account again in the future. Like we, so this is our website. We actually wanted to have also kind of like regular pro and founder. Uh, but you know, a lot of the current founders were kind of like, you know, come on, you can't, we're the founders and you can't introduce it again. So we kind of came up with this evangelist, um, so one of the things that we want to do is, I mean, we really want to include as many, you know, in the future, uh, I think obviously like with a startup, you have to, um, uh, uh, manage your resources and maybe it helps a lot of times people say it helps to focus on one specific market and just kind of try to only like work in that market until you expand. But I mean, in the future, we do want to be as ex- inclusive as possible, so one of the things that we wanted to introduce is like part of our fee um, is not some of it is overhead, but some of it is so that people maybe that don't have great hardware, if they're, you know, maybe they can do other things on a platform to to also have it be useful for them. So one of the things we thought is like, if, say somebody doesn't have great hardware, but have a lot of, you know, have some friends that they can introduce onto the platform, maybe they get part of the commission. And then if somebody like really goes, um, you know, um, kind of, um, beyond, you know, just promoting it and introduce, you know, brings a lot of people onto the platform, then they would achieve the evangelist, uh, status. We haven't totally, you know, figured out what, what that number will be, but that's the thought. So, so, you know, kind of two thoughts behind that is one is to have something sort of equivalent of a founder, not as cool as being, you know, a founder account, but approaching that status. And two is, uh, as part of like, how, you know, making the platform as social as possible and maybe somebody goes beyond just recommending it to friends and really like if somebody invites, 
you know, 50 or 100 people on our platform, we want to really thank them. So that was also kind of the thought process behind that. Cool. Thanks. That was a brilliant explanation. I really like the idea of uh, the potential for like the re- uh, referral, you know, commission uh, cut. That's quite an interesting idea. It's pretty cool to, to hear that you've managed to get 2,000 uh, users. I mean, recently uh, we had this uh, slash our futurology post back in, I think it was actually, I think it was like uh, February, March uh, time where we uh, promoted uh, KT's pool. It was the uh, the first grid coin pool and uh, it managed to get like over a thousand users as well. And I don't think, you know, KT realized that the user base was going to inflate that high. You know, I think uh, there's definitely uh, a difficulty for users that, uh, you know, they don't know how to set up the account. They don't have the... Uh, the money to invest in coins to stake with so you know such flex or other you know katie's pool or what, what have you are definitely great uh, to remove uh, barriers of entry for new users you know it's definitely a good uh, welcome to the community it's brilliant okay cool yeah i appreciate it excellent i like um your ui quite a bit um the site is cool it's a good explanation of what's going to happen like how everything happens there. Uh, I know in the community there's a couple of red flags. I'm not going to get all mean on you or anything. Um, just uh, the code is closed source, yeah? Um, I think at the moment it's mostly visible. Like we haven't open sourced it. Um, um, we, I don't think it's like open on GitHub, but I mean, partly as we're working through improving the code, part of, part of it was it was easier for us to like write out logs of what's happening and and show a lot of the code. And we actually had a few people that are programmers that were using our app and were giving us some advice. So, um, I mean, we want we want to uh, open source as much of it as as possible. Um, but at the same time, it's a managed solution and we kind of, it's centralized, right? In that we kind of manage the account. So obviously we can't open source the database yeah. uh, of all the users. Um, yeah. So th- that's kind of, you know, that's the way we've been approaching right now. So, um, yeah, there's another concern kind of that with the, you having control of the database. Uh, is there any sort of encryption going on between the user in the database so that you can't, uh, you know, say sift through people's passwords and take control of accounts, etc. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're taking uh, a lot of uh, security precautions and we're hashing um, usernames and um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're taking every reasonable precaution that we can take. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, we realized that, uh, if, uh, um, if we were to, if, if something unfortunate was to happen, um, on a security side, then that could probably totally bring us down. So, uh, we try to be as cautious on that as possible. Awesome. Um, no, that's good stuff. Do you happen to know what your exact cut is for operating costs and, uh, your, the, the cream bit, I guess. Yeah. So we've communicated the 20% commission. 
uh, at this point in time. Um, we had, like I said, the, the private betas. Um, we did not charge any commission during that time period. Um, and right now, you know, we're, we're charging uh, 20%. Um, that may change in the future. It's just we're also trying to balance – you know, we want to bring as many people on the platform as possible, but like, um, um, if we're able to function as a company without outside investment, like once we're able to have enough commissions to, you know, kind of what they call, um, ramen profitable. So just enough to live and eat some ramen. Um, then, you know, that's kind of would be the most optimal way to grow the company. I mean, at the moment we're, we're going to California because we got accepted to an accelerator and we're, you know, we're speaking to investors and, you know, every investor has their own uh, point of view and things like that. So, um, we're, we're trying to, you know, so we have to kind of like consider all of these things of what our commission should be, but we did feel like we should communicate a number. So it's kind of clear to people, but, uh, that number may change. Will probably go down in the future. And if the some of the social things we talked about, you know, we see it as very beneficial to like like we mentioned the scenarios of people with lesser hardware they want to track. You know, sometimes I, I am a little bit concerned of if people um, interpret it in the wrong way. Like if they start looking at it as um, like multi-level marketing or, you know, these kinds of like affiliate programs, if it does, you know, if people take it with that kind of connotation, I mean, we may just, or if it's just not as popular, we may not go that route. So I don't, so those, those, those are some of the things that we think about um, in terms of uh, that commission. I don't think the multi-level marketing is a concern because I mean, you're not having to invest like a huge amount of money to be able to use it. Whereas like, you know, multi-level marketing companies where you're buying product to sell, to recruit people, that's, it's not like a similar business at all. You know, if, if you're, uh, if you've got a referral system where they're making a, a small cut of uh, what users are mining and that's, that's pretty fair to me, I think. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, one thing, uh, users were talking about in IRC was, uh, uh, false positives uh, when scanning it through like virus total we used to have that with the gridcoin uh, classic client we used to bundle uh, the it used to be a pr- uh, proof of work cryptocurrency used a uh, stake uh, sorry script right and uh, the, the inbuilt uh, cg miner would like flag up uh, you know uh, users uh, antivirus platforms uh, is there any kind of method of uh do you have a plan to kind of deal with false positives in the future or you know because that could possibly be something that uh might frighten new users you know we try to like it's basically the false positives comes up when uh because uh, we have the server side and then we have the client side and the client side is what actually gets downloaded to the person's computer uh and we, we've been trying to move as many programs as we can to the server side i think some of them obviously we'll, we'll not be able to do that. Um, but hopefully in the future, like that, those are the steps that we plan, plan on keep on taking. Um, 
at the moment, what we've done is uh, every time we've, we've emailed the download link, we also include a third-party website where you can scan, um, you know, for viruses or malware. And, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's not a great solution, but it gives does give people some reassurance. Uh, but, yeah, that's definitely an issue that we are struggling with a little bit and, you know, trying to come up with um, other solutions in the future. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, man. How fast can people get out uh, their rewards? For example, now with Katie's pool, yeah, they have to wait two weeks or something. Yeah, how fast could uh, someone, let's say, someone joins today and he can get uh, after crunching the Boeing uh, stuff? Yeah, at the end of the day, he can already take out uh, some money in some kind of uh, coin form. Sure. Yeah, it's a good question. <clears throat> so. At the moment, you know, we have GPU, CPU, and storage. Um, and we've been trying to do payouts on a weekly basis. So we allow people to make their vote if they want to redeem or not from like Monday to Saturday. And then we've been doing payouts on Sunday. And we, you know, we're trying to think of ways to uh, lessen that time period. Um, or, you know, during the private beta period, like our first product was only GPU. Then we added CPU and then we added storage. Um, right now for the CPU portion, we, um, we'll, we'll probably do the, we're not going to like tomorrow I have to do payouts. Uh, so I'll probably will not pay out the CPU portion and ask the people to wait until next week. But starting from next week, we plan to do it uh, on a weekly basis. And then going forward, you know, try to do it, either automize it or um, just try to do it like two times a week. Okay, thanks. But, 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 okay, but, thanks. For, the, but for the GPU portion, we've been paying out weekly. Yeah, my question is, um, how would you convince someone who is already using a Boink uh, client that he should switch to your application? Yeah, I guess I'm not sure uh, if they should um, switch. You know, it depends how, what kind of experience they're having and what is their motivation. Um, if... Um, You know, sometimes if you if you look at the on the Gridcoin and uh, forums, you know a lot of the questions are people trying to having problems with wallets, or they're they're having trouble like syncing up the uh, with Boink and things like that. Um, if you know if they don't want to kind of go through that process, then we would handle all of that on the back end uh, for them. Um, but You know, if, if, if that's like a part of their motivation is kind of getting into nitty gritty, I guess. And, um, you know, that's like part of their hobby, part of their interest. And, yeah, they would probably have a, a better time just doing it themselves. Um, if they didn't want to, you know, if they are not interested in dealing with the GPU and the storage uh, section and at the moment, 
you know, we kind of provide that service as well, or they could do both, you know, do it themselves and run the Satchflex and, and kind of uh, test and see what they think about it. Um, in, in, in the future, we would offer, like the, the, the pro account would offer more um, under the hood control that I spoke about before, where maybe, you know, so, so, like if you look in the range of, on, on one hand, you have people that just want a one-click solution, and on the other hand, you want someone who's maybe uh, very engaged, like in your community and knows about Gridcoin and like helps other people set up, you know, Gridcoin, things like that then maybe uh, our platform, the pro account, would be for someone like in the middle of that range. Uh, but at the moment, we are focusing more on the side of, you know, the people that just want a one-click solution. That's definitely easy. Yeah, I just done it as well. It's easy as shit. <laughs> I should put that on the website as a quote. Easy as shit. Yeah, testimonials. <laughs> 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 you're, you're talking about uh, downloading uh, Suchflex? Yeah, just I just downloaded it, clicked on uh, do it, and now it's doing it, so yeah. Easy as shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to think about it. You, you guys don't like uh, flex your computing muscle or flex your computing power? That's great, smart. No, that's all. <laughs> it's not as hard hitting. Easy as shit. Okay, fair enough. APC, what was the question you were going to ask? Yes, I'm wondering, uh, thank you for coming on. Um, everything I've seen so far is geared towards the users. I'm wondering about your clientele side. Uh, beyond Boink, um, is there any marketing material available for who your uh, your, your corporate users are and uh, what, what all is publicly known uh, or can be known about them? And... Uh, how are users able to select who they are competing for if they are? Sure, that's a great question. Uh, so the short answer is at the moment uh, there are none, uh, but that's that's the direction that we're moving towards. Um, so this is like part of our, and this is partly why we're the accelerator that we're going to is called the, the Alchemist Accelerator. They're um, like a top five, worldwide and but they're number one in uh, enterprise um, enterprise startups so they really focus on helping startups uh, bring in um, you know to deal with a kind of business to business clientele and at the moment we've just focused on it's like we have to build a marketplace of computing resources and one of the biggest um, hurdles of starting a marketplace is solving kind of like the chicken and an egg problem uh, because you need, in this case, you need uh, uh, contract clients that pay for computing resources. But if you don't have enough contributors of computing resources, then you can't interest them and you need to pay the contributors, um, but you can't convince them, you know, to pay them with anything until you have, the corporate uh, contract. So in a way, our kind of go-to market product that we, we are, we have right now as a public beta is utilizing blockchain technologies to kind of like ramp up and get to 
the point where we are able to bring on uh, contract clients. And what you know, once we do, and we have some ideas of like, for example, right now we're speaking to special effects um, agencies and the artists, um, you know, animation artists and things like that. And those are the types of steps. I think a lot of it will depend on the specific needs that they have and, um, you know, what's the most technically, technologically valuable to do like at this point in time. Um, and then, yes. And then, you know, we do want people to have control over those projects. Uh, so, but we kind of have to build that functionality as we, as we move forward. Okay, thank you. Uh, I've got uh, one one more question for the uh, for the twenty percent commission users. The users want the one click and go kind of thing. Do you have like uh, do you try and work out the best project for their computer, like the most profitable prod, like in terms of uh, grid coin and boink that is not uh, storage? Uh, do you like uh, compare their? Uh, yeah, do you try and work out what project is most suitable for their? computing power uh or do you just pick uh you know a blanket all projects kind of thing right yeah so that's exactly like what we try to focus on is we're trying to uh make the desktop application compatible with as many with as much hardware as we're able to and also uh always try to think of for these specific hardware what is what are the most profitable projects and what are the most uh so yeah for the regular um so for our regular desktop application the focus is pretty much almost a hundred percent on just optimizing everything and maximizing earnings and then for the pro account it'll be more about you know people can have control maybe they want to contribute to a specific point project that's not as profitable but uh you know they have more interest in it I think at the moment we have four um, that we identified and we that are the most that we, that we we find the four most profitable and show them to the user and then they can opt in or out of those four. Cool. Thanks. Are you in any way referencing the WU prop uh, results or anything like that? Like, are they helpful to you? Um, so th- this is potentially one of these questions where my co-founder would get upset with, with me that I don't know what a WU is. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, WU prop. It was a point project we just recently voted out. It's, uh, it is the, the point of the project is to monitor work units and see, uh, how long each one takes on different types of hardware, uh, the problem with it was that we found that uh, it only reported uh, results in seconds rather than like uh, rack, like the score that uh, your Boink com- uh, computer is able to achieve. So it's not very useful for, uh, you know, profitability calculators as well. We've not really had a profitability calculator come out recently. But I mean, uh, what we're talking about is the fact that uh, all Boink projects export like uh, host details, uh they're quite large for some projects, like a gig in size kind of thing, which uh, you can use to see, okay, how much does this uh, certain type of uh, computing hardware 
usually uh you know what's the average rack what's the average boink score for that computer hardware and then uh for on an individual project basis and from that like you could put in you know uh you could uh, look up basically you could use that for a profitability calculator instead of wu prop is what we've been talking about but no one's actually gone forwards and created a a public profitability calculator yet that's why I asked in the first place, kind of like, you know, where not uh, you guys had like a secret kind of formula or anything like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, well, uh, first of all, I apologize for joining a, a little bit late and I guess I missed okay. the, that portion of discussion. Um, and uh, it certainly sounds very interesting. I think we'll, we'll uh, I'll definitely tell uh, John to look into it and we'll, we'll look into it a little more. Um, I mean, for us, it's a combination of doing research, and a lot of it's just been uh, trial and error. So um, we have, um, I think we have up to eight uh, different PCs and laptops on which we test uh, different configurations. And, you know, a part of it is uh, doing research, and part of it is just trying it out and seeing which, which projects work on which cards and things like that. Uh, so there's, so I guess the secret is just, uh, you know, going through that, uh, that, that work. I posted a couple links in the uh, chat there for you. Those were the, some of the stat sites that we're using. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Thank you. No problem. Cool. Does anyone have anything else to ask, uh, such flex? No. Yeah, this is great. Uh, you, so you guys just started doing um, these uh, these these casts uh, a week. This is this is the second one. Yeah, this is the second one. Uh, this is a uh, based idea off of uh, Beyond Bitcoin. It's uh, uh, largely a BitShares uh, community kind of project. Uh, the, the idea is just like to have regular kind of meetup audio conferences and uh, you know talk about the you know new developments new ideas uh it certainly seems to be like a a decent idea thus far you know and you're you're welcome to uh you know come in and talk uh, about any new developments and like every time we have uh you know a new hangout you know definitely yeah we yeah, would love to um and um yeah i think this is great and um yeah, we just you know we did, we did want to chat with you guys because I think uh, um, you know bringing getting more people interested in Boink and Gridcoin and distributing computing and all these things I think is uh, always a plus. So uh, that's the way you know we look at it, and we are always on the on the lookout for any potential partners or collaborators. And you know um, if there's any other questions that the community has, uh, we're happy to answer them. Or if there's, you know, ideas of where we could take our platforms or have it be more beneficial uh, to your community, then uh, we're always open to having dialogue. Excellent. We also find that uh, it's easier to talk in person. You know, as you said, like you had some negative feedback on Reddit, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, re- uh, posts on forums, like, you know, you, you don't quite get across what you're trying to say, you know, maybe someone is being sarcastic and you might perceive it as aggressive or whatever, you know, whereas here you can talk in person and, you know, ask in-depth questions and, you know, the a person is, you know, very beneficial for communities, you know. 
Yeah, thanks for attending. Yeah, no, uh, sorry for asking the hard questions and stuff. Um, I really do in- appreciate what you guys are doing and making it easier for uh, regular folks to get going on this stuff. It's pretty cool. Awesome, man. Thank you. Cool. Uh, shall we move on to the next uh, topic then? Uh, Erkan, what do you think is the next topic that we should prioritize? Because I think uh, our current uh, today's Hangout threads didn't really yield uh, many high priority uh, things. Like, I think the next thing may be talking about things we previously talked about in the past Hangout, if anyone wants to, uh, if we should go through that or... Mm, I think uh, talking about the last... Uh... Hangout. We should do at the end, or so. We should do uh, the the new the new suggestions from the top of my head. Uh, fucking legs. This wine client experience, and his and his um, wallet design ideas. Yeah. Then uh, mentioning the new help channel on IRC. Uh, mentioning about this. Um, Dropping active miners, solo miners. Yeah. What else? I'm just reading. What was that last one? Dropping old miners, or talking to old miners? You mean? No, 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 not talking. But uh, I see from the um, Gridcoin Research Corp um, site that actually we are gaining always new miners, solo miners. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, the activity level or, or how many of them are active is actually dropping. Abusing the newbie stake. Uh, that is uh, automatically dealt with within the Gridcoin client. If uh, I believe uh, uh, entries in the neural network that remain at zero mag uh, for a, a sustained period of time uh, are removed from the neural network. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it will deal with itself. I mean, if it if it begins to seriously build up, you know, uh, if it appears that someone's trying to flood the neural network or anything like that, then it's something we should, uh, you know, raise an issue on, you know. Uh, there's also, like, uh, the potential for uh, uh, new users messing up their, uh, their Boink environment configuration. Like, say, they have a CPID split, and instead of uh, all of their projects sharing the one CPID, uh, one project that they're barely contributing towards is registered in the neural network and their real computation isn't being uh, tracked in the neural network. And that sorts itself over time when their CBIDs uh, merge, you know. So those old CBIDs may go off the network. So based on the grid, uh, on, on this CPID leaderboard, yeah, um... So we have now from in July, August, yeah, in a, I don't know, five, six weeks, yeah, we have gained um, 120 new users or Zolo miners, yeah, and uh, the, the activity level, as a meaning, uh, the, the, the guys with magnitude um, larger, uh, more than zero, has dropped from 49% to 46%. It's not a large drop, yeah, but actually I would expect that when we get, you know, like 102 new Zolo miners, that also the activity level um, increases. And I thought the reasons maybe, okay, 
either some new users uh, started it and they had some trouble and then they gave up yeah or someone is using this new bonus um, um, stuff and uh, gets more payout you know because it doesn't make sense that it drops yeah with, with, with 120 users it's a little bit strange hey uh, well uh, regarding users that drop off, right, uh, that is also something that has been occurring in the past. Like we mentioned it previously, that there's 2,400-ish in the neural network, but there's 7,000 in the team. So that's like, uh, you know, what, 4,500 that have completely quit, uh, or well, who are in the team but are not earning uh, Gridcoin nor contributing to Boink. So... Uh, but yeah, potentially it's, it's maybe worth doing analytics of new users joining, you know, making sure there's not like uh, patterns in certain usernames, you know, like uh, automatically generated ones to try and take advantage of uh, newbie boosts. But I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, I think the newbie boost code does need removed, definitely. But that's a mandatory change that will be required uh, I've been trying to go through the code for that, trying to uh, trying to work out the deeper weight. Uh, you know, uh, I've got a, a link uh, the the forum thread from Crypto Coin Talk and Mumble in a second, uh, but I kind of got stuck uh, trying to figure out uh, exactly how it was all worked out. You know, uh, like, uh, yeah, I just don't know C plus plus. At a certain point, it kind of got a wee bit too abstract for me. You know. I mean, it really it requires in from Rob. It'd be brilliant if uh, if we could get Rob or the new developer to join these, uh, you know, uh, conference calls in the future, and if we could get Rob to join in that uh, forum thread as well. Yeah, I, I've I've seen that. You know the well, uh, the 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 stats uh, rise a little bit. Um... The percentage goes a little bit, yeah. So this is what you say that it fixes itself, yeah. But the tendency seems to, yeah, to go down. Whatever the reason, <laughs> I don't know. I mentioned too, it could be something else. Don't know. And this is what what I saw, yeah, because I collect them for the Fediverse bot, yeah, to show the active um, users. And for example, for the pool, Katie's pool, um, the active users is seventy percent, yeah. And here for Zolo miners, for 46, 49, something like that. Yeah, no idea what could be done. If someone is misusing it, we cannot change right now. Yeah, you mentioned uh, sometime to remove the new uh, newbie boost. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the newbie boost is uh, it is uh, redundant at this point. We track rewards from when the the beacon is first advertised. Not from when the uh, the user first initially stakes a block, so it's not necessary anymore, and it could potentially be contributing towards uh, synchronization issues, or you know, towards uh, instability and in stake weights. Uh, but that's that was the, uh, back to uh, the you know the deeper thread. Uh, it, it is quite difficult to you know discuss it because there's not a proper updated whitelist, uh, sorry, white paper on this. And that was why I was going through the code, you know. So if anyone wants to help out, look through the code, you know, in the meantime, before Rob gets to his, uh, be a good laugh, you know. 
Yeah, fucking lag uh, volunteered to write up a white paper for us, so that's cool. I yeah, I nominate him. That's cool. Oh, nice one, man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, F. King Lag. He's busy playing the video games. <laughs> oh, is he not listening in? Hopefully, it'd be cool if you could talk about his uh, running wine. Uh, I could briefly summarize it up for on behalf of him. I mean, uh, uh, a day or two ago, F. King Lag was uh, running uh, the grid, the Windows Gridcoin client within either Wine or a Wine variation, uh, a variation of the Wine client, and he managed to get it fully synced. Uh, I think he did run into issues, so it isn't fully compatible. But uh, it may be possible to say, you know, uh, use the voting GUI in Linux through the Wine client if you went, if you had to go through the bother of, if you were willing to go through the bother of it. But I don't think the neural network works. You know, hopefully these are things that we can get ported to the Linux client in the future. Firstly, I know he had to change the port because it was conflicting with his existing port, obviously. Uh, secondly, I know that uh, he said he did something, uh, his own fault, that made everything stop working. So we kind of got to get his uh, his say on what he did exactly. Uh, I also did send him a zip of... Um, I converted... The Gridcoin Research and Boink MSIs to EXEs to run in the wine because I know um, he used actually uh, Play on Linux, which is uh, Bodhi Linux's version of wine. So it's not exactly traditional wine or an EXE. <clears throat> so there's still more things to explore there, I think. Uh- uh, Reno, do you want to kind of give a wee explanation of what you've been trying to do with uh, the portability of uh, the Gridcoin client? Definitely. Uh, <laughs> I There's this uh, cool site I've been frequenting. It has some awesome apps on it. It's uh, called portableapps.com. It's not a huge secret or anything. But uh, I figure if we can get portableapps.com working with the Gridcoin wallet. Uh, there's a couple of programs that I'm screwing with. It's like an NSIS installer. Uh, I'm learning how to deconstruct .NET and .MSI things with Resource Hacker and um, Zeta Resource something something. Anyhow, um, if we could get the wallet portable, and by portable I mean nothing stored in like the tilled app data roaming grid gridcoin research for folder and get or the program files x86 folder and get everything stored on a USB stick that could be beneficial in that we could have full portability as well as free advertising as it is on the portable apps website uh, you were saying that uh, not many are no uh, other cryptocurrencies have managed to uh, put a portable app on up on the por- portable apps website thus far. Yeah, no. Uh, somebody started doing the Bitcoin around zero point eight point one or something and gave up. They said something about their bookie not liking the idea of portable apps, so that got blah. And then uh, somebody else tried a port of Peercoin, 
So I have like a couple of frameworks to go off of to guess and test. It shouldn't be like ultra hard, but if it is, uh, fucking leg also. Oh, I wish he was here. Uh, he was uh, <laughs> saying he also ported what court coin or something like that. Yeah. To yeah, so I don't know. It's possible. Excellent. I think that definitely could be some good, uh, you know, free advertising. Yeah. Also, making uh, in the interest of like making it accessible to everybody, different types of downloads and different ways of install. Like some people don't know what a .msi is, they might just turn away from it immediately because of that. It would be quite cool to just store the entire client on uh, a USB stick and, uh, you know, if you want to access the Gridcoin client, just plug it in and it doesn't store anything on the local computer, you know? Yeah, the actually the portable apps thing, there's a bit you download here. It's called the portableapps.com platform setup uh, 14.1.paf.exe. Anyway, that you choose a directory to install to, and then everything that installs as a portable app within their confines of what they consider portability becomes available from a start button that is generated in your USB stick and it starts the whole portable app thing. You can have GIMP and Thunderbird and Firefox and Kitty running from there. It's awesome. That's really cool. I'd definitely use that. Awesome. Whenever I get onto Windows, that is, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Windows is great. It's got its advantages. Well, well, yeah, but um, I think all of that is possible already on Linux because you can give command line arguments yeah, and uh, move the data here to a specific place. Yeah, uh, James was saying something about that. Yeah, I, I know you can do that for, for, for Gridcoin, definitely, because I've done that for another coin. And for Boeing, it's also possible. Need some sort so, of explanation posted somewhere, maybe. Well, um, if you just make a minus minus help, you'll see the command lines, yeah, or minus help or something, yeah, and then uh, you just uh, give another location for the directory uh, where your uh, wallet dot is or something, yeah, and um, at least Linux users can do it immediately. I mean, like an infographic. People are stupid. Infographics would be yeah. Uh, we do need a new wave of infographics. Something to keep in mind, uh, Reno, is that. Uh, if you do go ahead with uh, putting uh, Gridcoin on portableapps.com, you'd be in charge of uh, you know maintaining it. So whenever a new release goes out, you you would have to then push it you know every once in a while, like Karaka for Ubuntu. You know, not a huge deal, man. Excellent. That'd be cool if uh, you could create a thread uh, documenting your uh, progress. That'd be really interesting to read down. There were some things I was trying um, in a couple of forums was suggested about 7-zip. Then you run this, let's see if I can find the script. I write things down pretty much everywhere. Uh, it's like an MSI EXEC something something that you put in the command line to make the 7-zip plus some exec.bat that you put in there, executable. Anyway. Cool. That failed. <laughs> no worries, you'll get there, man. 
So what I did, I got this uh, <clears throat> MSI to EXE compiler. Pretty pretty cheaty, but you can put your own icons in there, and it makes it an EXE. Doesn't retain any of the metadata, but uh, I asked fucking lag to test it in Wine and or play on Linux, and that didn't. Nightmare. He's not here. <laughs> so yeah, stuff's happening. This is fun. Oh yeah, also I made uh, I started uh, GitHub Gridcoin C. If anybody that knows C plus plus wants to join up and start a wallet there, if uh, or even if Joe needs a playground or whatever, that's a good place to start. If he isn't going to show up or something like that, it's kind of like a, an attempt for the community to try and build the wallet together. I'm sure one of us can figure out how to build, you know, a window and then somebody else can figure out how to input the blockchain, etc. We're not idiots. Oh, there's multiple interpretations of say the, the Bitcoin, uh, you know, a client It's running on multiple different languages, you know? So, uh, yeah, anyone can make their own Gridcoin client. Yeah. You were talking about putting, uh, the new bit on graphene or whatever. I like that. Oh yeah, that was uh, like say if we were to, you know, uh, change consensus mechanism, uh, then it would have the the, the really uh, the optimal choice would have been graphing, you know. But that's like a whole massive undertaking. Yeah, we would have to contact all the X users and say like, hey, switch over to the new wallet or your stuff's screwed. Nah. Well, it just poured over kind of thing, like the blockchains would sync up. No, if we did uh, graphene, that would be a completely different uh, blockchain. You could potentially like uh, burn a bunch of uh, gridcoin and issue a new uh, cryptocurrency. Or the much simpler... Uh, idea would be to uh, burn a bunch of gridcoin and issue a user-issued asset on BitShares, and then you wouldn't need to program anything, and you'd be able to, you know, take advantage of all of it. But then that's just, like, uh, moving your coins onto, like, a, a micropayments channel kind of thing. We could call it Gridfiend. <laughs> I got jokes, buddy. <laughs> Uh, Erkan, uh, do you have any idea what uh, F King Lag was wanting to talk about regarding the GUI? Was it just uh, about uh, the voting and neural network and stuff like that being ported to uh, Linux? I think he might actually want. Uh, he was talking about changing the entire look of it of the Gridcoin client. Yeah, I interpreted it also. Uh, he wanted to change the layout or perhaps redo some stuff. Uh, I think Pe Pepper or uh, fucking like also mentioned like uh, um, making the graphics smaller, yeah, to save a little bit the size. Um, I mentioned there that actually uh, since users or I come from or I know other coins, yeah, and it the current UI actually helped me because I know where stuff is. Yeah? I know, for example, the debug console is, or send coins, receive coins. And I, I feel automatically at home, yeah? The, but it's true for newcomers who don't know 
don't know anything, any other coins. Um, usability may be um, improvable, let's say so. Um, yeah, um, uh, fucking like mentioned, he wanted to do some um, some 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 screenshots or so. Yeah, and then uh, he, he said, and nobody can then deny that uh, the new suggestion would be better than the old. Yeah, like mock-up kind of designs of what the the GUI could be. You mean? Yeah, something like that. Well, I don't know more. Yeah, he didn't uh, detail more, so I guess we'll have to wait uh, in the next session. In the in the short term, I mean, uh, any images that you don't like in the uh, Gridcoin client, you can uh, fork the repo, change the graphics, and pull request it back in. Say like the. Uh, that's what uh, Reno's done, is uh, to shrink the file sizes. Uh, I'm still a bit of your funder announcing this, but you were, uh, I believe you managed to save 8 megabytes of uh, data just doing so, which is pretty decent. About 7% of the total repo. Um, it's all lossless optimization. It's a Windows program, but it runs a bunch of Linux command line cool things like ADV ping and ECT and ping wolf and fucking all that bullshit. Um, anyway, it re- losslessly optimizes all the files, like just gets rid of metadata, properly crops things, stuff like that. And yeah, saved a huge bunch. Uh, but Karaka and I were talking earlier, and it's not quick to enjoy the pull requests on um, GitHub, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rob's quite... Uh... I, I I wouldn't say he's inactive. He does seem to be like programming and releasing, you know, new versions every like once a week kind of thing. But he is kind of uh, you know taking a step back from you know talking on a daily basis, you know, which is a bit unfortunate. And uh, yeah, I believe uh, I heard Car- Karaka talking about you know uh, Rob being the only one with uh, the ability to do pull requests and stuff like that. Yeah, I might, you know, he might be just hesitant to trust people that he doesn't know yet, right? Yeah, true. But I mean, it's it's more for like, uh, you know, uh, mission critical code, you know, like stuff that could affect the client rather than just like images and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I think Karag was talking about uh, the Gridcoin research MSI is included with the Linux source bit on the source code. So, Every time he does a compile, it includes a .msi somewhere in the code or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it could use a cleanup for sure. But he's uh, pretty stingy, I guess is the word. Well, hopefully the new developer uh, Jerry Krug can uh, you know uh, break that pattern. Uh, he does seem to be very qualified. I think just having a second. Developer will force just routine good programming habits, good coding habits onto Rob. You know, they'll figure something out. You know, like right now, everything gets done in Rob's on Rob's machine and tested on Rob's machine. Nothing's ever posted. No branch, development branch on GitHub. Probably will be in the future. Those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah, he was talking about... Uh not using branches until he managed to get a new developer on board. So hopefully that will be something he, you know, investigates. Yep, because I can test build against a development branch 
um, and answer questions. You know, as soon as uh, Reno posts a pull request, it can be tested. Oh, speaking of uh, testing uh, new clients, the latest version is uh, crashing from when you're trying to sync from zero. Yeah, but he's been struggling with that for a while now because um, Kez has been has been harping on about that for a while. So a number of the fixes over the last three releases have been about syncing from zero. Oh, this is like a, a complete crash, though, this time. I mean, uh, has that been happening previously? I didn't, I've never experienced that before. I wouldn't say a complete crash. I think fucking lag is... No, sorry. Kez has been getting um, stuck. I, I just put uh, the latest uh, issue in the uh, chat if you want to check it out. It seems to be only when you're trying to sync from zero, but that's the latest version, and it's in the stable branch. A stable release, yeah. So you bit of a nightmare. Is there a reason you're doing that in 16.10? Just curious? Uh, it's, just my, uh, it's just my laptop. <laughs> okay, so you're already running Yakety on your laptop. Uh, yeah, it's just the uh, latest version of Xbuntu. Uh, X Ubuntu. Shubuntu. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I call it. I call it. Shoe. I call I'm it Ubuntu because that's what the Chinese. That's how the Chinese. Say it. That would be with a Z, though. No, not not in Chinese. <laughs> uh, actually, in Chinese, uh, C is a sh, right? Like Shao Shao or Coco Cow Cow, or yeah. Yep. K O K O. Zubuntu does roll off the top. Come on. <laughs> but I'm just curious because 16.10 hasn't been released yet, has it? It's still in development. Uh... I mean, it exists. Just like Ubuntu 16.10 exists. I build for 16.10. But it's not October yet, so it's not formally released. It might be uh, 16.04. I can't... Uh... Exactly, remember specifically. <laughs> I should really uh, edit that, yeah. Ah, okay. No, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I was just curious because, uh, quite honest, I haven't even opened it in, even though I'm building for it. I suppose it's time. We're, we're August now and we're getting close to Alpha. Yeah, I'm 1604. I'll edit that in the issue. My bad. That's all right. I was, I was just curious. In case we're running into an issue that we need fixed before the October release. That's why we build for the testing clients. Cool. Discover our headaches early. Regarding uh, images within the client, uh, we were previously talking, me and Reno were talking about like a splash image. If a a user would be interested in potentially... uh, you know, replacing that image, it's kind of bland at the moment. It's like, you know, the, the logo over, like, a grey wallet. It's, like, a bit strange. It'd be cool if we did, like, a, a wee kind of, I don't know, competition or, you know, just vote on what people think would be a cool replacement. And that would just be, like, a quick pull request back into the client to update that. And it'd be a, a good first impression if we get a new kind of image. If I would suggest that because it's an image... We actually just make it a, a switch in the config file. That'd be quite cool. <laughs> you can theme your splash. 
one thing I'll point out is on the Windows side that uh, if you click the splash, it just goes away. And then if you're a new user, you're like, where to go? Um, now you, you see that it gone down as a taskbar and it's just sitting there waiting to sync. But for a new user, it can be confusing. I, I find that if you click the splash button, uh, the splash logo, before it's uh, fully you know gone through the steps, uh, it's not that it's just syncing. The the client is still like starting up, so it's a little bit still glitchy. So I I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't advise clicking the uh, the splash button, at least in my uh, experience. Yeah, if you click it in in Debian, it disappears, but everything's fine. Yeah, it'd be good if it just ignored that click completely and just stay at a splash. Yeah, I I. I suspect that is a that's just a basic function of QT. It's probably just a, a simple setting under the hood. Maybe. What if we uh, replaced the splash screen with like a the wallet is loading? This may take a few minutes. Don't freaking touch anything. It's happening. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, it does say that on the bottom of the image. But so that like the image disappears, so there's nothing to click. Well, currently it took uh, it takes for me like ten, eleven minutes, yeah, to restart the Gridcoin wallet. Loading times are getting longer and longer um, as our as our chain grows. As the chain grows, but there's also uh, possibly solutions to that, and uh, later, you know, releases of uh, Bitcoin that we can inherit. You know, I've got I've got that massive uh, commit. Uh, spreadsheet that we can sift through. The other issue there is as we run it on lighter and lighter hardware, particularly ARM hardware, it can take 15-20 minutes. I think uh, users get too uh, impatient with that and they think it's like crashed and they, they force close the client which can then throw you know, the wallet dot that uh, into like it can corrupt it potentially or it can even corrupt the blockchain which could stop them from syncing and stuff so yeah speeding it up or making it you know or as uh, pepperino said warning don't you know don't force close or whatever you know could uh yeah <laughs> go make a cup of coffee absolutely don't fucking touch this or some little uh just a progress indicator a status bar or something yeah, we were talking, um, sorry, uh, like Mercosity was saying last broadcast, uh, the flash, with regards to flashing lights, um, we need to have maybe something in the wallet that says, like, the wallet is working, like, don't touch it or something. So uh, to ho- solve this problem, instead of giving newbie steak or Insta Block or the boomerang be- beacon solution or whatever i don't know yeah possibly but the the thing is like you know we could put like uh, an animation and it's like an indicator that oh you, you're staking and stuff like that that's definitely something we could do but at the same time you know uh if they've not got a large quantity of coins and uh if they've not got a large magnitude they could be waiting quite a while you know and maybe uh, maybe we should be pointing those kind of users towards uh, either Katie's pool or towards such flex, you know, uh, because they may they may think it's still broken even with you know flashing lights and stuff if it's not if they're not getting a reward after like you know a fortnight. Back to my original rant last chat about um, 
just making things. I mean, that's something that Suchflex is doing well. Easy as shit, did somebody say? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of that's kind of the need in the market that it's meeting. We should be meeting that better than we are, even with our standard offering. Simplicity. Yep, I don't think we meet that need at all. Our uh, QT4 interface is clunky and broken in places. It needs some love. Indeed. And the world has moved on to QT5 anyway, which has a lot more to offer. I think a major problem is that... Uh... A lot of the cryptocurrencies that we uh, are ba- uh, that Gridcoin is based on, take uh, Peercoin for example, they forked at, at uh, Bitcoin version eight point six, right? And then uh, Blackcoin forked from Peercoin after like a few Peercoin versions, and we forked from Blackcoin. So we are basically sitting around about uh, you know version nine, you know between version eight point six and version nine. And, uh, you know, no, uh, both Peercoin and uh, Blackcoin haven't, uh, you know, inherited the same amount. Uh, they've not, you know, kept up with the advancements of Bitcoin. And fair enough, like, we're very different yeah, cryptocurrencies. But at the same time, like, uh, you know, if if uh, cryptocurrencies where our coin is based on uh, haven't inherited these changes I was making a lot of these changes. It's kind of venturing out into the dark, you know, into like the unknown, you know, a wee bit. Or I was just coming from a non-programmer standpoint. But but someone <laughs> should uh, really check out the security issues from that old uh, Bitcoin client to the new ones. It could be that Gridcoin <laughs> has now publicly known security issues. <laughs> And, oh God. Sorry, Karen, I would argue that we, we're already so far out on our own with our our version of proof of stake and research that um, trying to inherit almost pointless because GUI is tying into that basic C++ undercarriage. It's time to just clean up and go, literally go our own way. Yeah. I agree. Uh, we we do uh, keep on top of security issues. Uh, I, I I went through. Uh, I've been going through uh, all of the releases since uh, you know Peercoin forked from Bitcoin, and uh, you know I sent Rob massive. Uh, you know anything that I thought was quite interesting. Oh, here's stability fixes. Here's security fixes. Here's vulnerabilities that we should fix and. We have gone through and fixed vulnerabilities and stuff like that. And like, say back in December, we did have issues uh, of like attackers that were using, uh, you know, uh, vulnerabilities that were found in Bitcoin that we then fixed. You know, so we were keeping on top of it. But even like, like Bitcoin itself, it's changing quite significantly in the last couple of versions. You know, they're introducing all this like Lightning Network stuff and like really in-depth stuff that Blockstream's developing and it's like that's they're going their own way as well that we're completely we are going to be completely incompatible in the future with them you know 
we're, uncom- we're incompatible now. Yeah, true. And that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing at all. Um, what worries me is the amount of old code and cruft that we're, in theory, not using, but might represent a security issue for somebody who, well, who understands the older um, point eight Bitcoin version can say, ah, you know, like the whole um, transaction API has been deprecated by Rob, but not removed. It's not very accurate. So it's there. And like get balance as a hand. You'll get get an error message back saying this has been deprecated. Code's still there and the code still works. I don't know. Were you you're saying you were using a Qt Creator to rip it apart? No, that was Tavok. Who's uh, I have done that in the past, like six months ago. Tavok is currently doing what I did six months ago. He's he's ripping it apart using Qt. Yeah, I just uh, got hold of Visual Studio, so I'm gonna have my hand at that. I don't know. That's only gonna get you so far with stuff that's written. Please don't. Could be wrong. Yeah. I'll see what I can do. I don't know. I like poking around. I was just going to say, hopefully Joe can write things in mono as a .net, which is damn near the same thing. And then they'll then they'll work on the uh, on the Linux client as well. Yeah, true. It'd be nice if he released it in .exe format as well. Client, you mean? It'd be a lot easier on his end. What, what like in a, a portable app kind of format, or just in an installer kind of format? Yeah, just an installer instead of .msi. Not that I'm against it; it just makes it easier to portableize if possible. The whole DevOps side of it isn't developed. Both Merricks and Tavok and I are all running pretty ad hoc building setups around the situation as opposed to actually having a semi-automated build process that you could spit out EXEs at the end as well as deb files and AUR files RPMs, etc, etc all very manual and intensive at the moment Is that something Rob will have to do? Like, you know, do the uh, the the branches and stuff before that's possible? Ideally, yes. You you, you could set up for a um, a collaboration environment. Yeah, at the moment, it's just Rob has the keys, basically. Who had merge rights. That's right. And your DevOps would need merge rights, not to change code, per se, but to change the... um, flow of, of building and testing. That's all done with hooks inside the repo. Have you publicly uh, you know, approached Rob regarding this? Um, not publicly. I've approached him privately. And I haven't had an answer. But then, you know, he, busy guy. He doesn't always see every message unless you're shouting loudly. 
Okay, on a different, a new topic, let's uh, switch this up then, I guess. Uh, we've created a Gridcoin-Help channel. Uh, this is a channel that you can join without registering an IRC account. Uh, previously, we've been, you know, directing new users to the main Gridcoin channel to get help. They're not registered with IRC, so they never make it, you know. So hopefully we should uh, start uh, getting new users that are in need of help uh, and who don't know how to register uh, an account, you know, and uh, bring them onto the uh, into the Gridcoin community more successfully where they may have gone, you know, unnoticed previously. Yeah, that's a very good change, that. Very, very good change. I'll add that to the uh, the Gridcoin website in the, uh, you know, the uh, header and footer. Perfect. Yeah, because um, like I was saying in the Steemit post there, um, now... You were saying we can have uh, the Gridcoin plus art or whatever the hell, so we can have only registered users in there, and uh, perhaps even key it, so we can stop people from abusing rain or getting cool. mixed up in our cooler dealings. Yeah, that has been happening, hasn't it? Yeah. IRC, man. I did not know that Gridcoin help existed. Yeah, I just made it like yesterday or the day before. Somebody suggested it in uh, one of the posts on Steemit, so I was like, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I just worry that it's further fragmentation. TC. Potentially, but at the same time, you know, sometimes the the main channel is very busy. Uh, Also, you have to be registered to get into the main channel, and uh, that's so the uh, scammers and bots or whatever can't come in and start attacking our users. Uh, speaking of which, there hasn't, there seems to have been, uh, you know, a decrease in scammers appearing in the channel. We used to have uh, a couple guys come in and, you know, private message all of our users saying, hey, it's custom miner with a one for an eye. Uh, I got a tip, you know, whatever, send me money. And, you know, then them coming back into the main channel and complaining that if someone is fraudulently, you know, impersonating me, and not just me, but many other people in the channel, you know, but that seems to have uh, died down. But uh, at the same time, you know, stay vigilant, you know, they can just register accounts and come in. Well, before uh, Gridcoin, it would have been, oh, 15 years since I was on IRC. And uh, yeah, things have changed. Uh, Erkin, do you have any other uh, topics you would want to bring to the table? Well... <sighs> Making a post is good so that people can uh, listen to, um, to 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 the calls. Yeah, because uh, first it uh, may summarize again. Yeah, to to some uh, newcomers. For example, after the first hangout, yeah, it was clear to me that um, the poll has a much uh, bigger importance than some other other issues. Yeah, and it could help some other people to, they just listen and then they might be motivated to read more about them in a certain thread. Are you talking about like uh, someone going through and interpreting each of the conversations we have and making a post about it? Well, yeah, it could also be divided the work. Not one person does it. I mean, if, for example, the first call was 2.5 hours, yeah, when you divide it to five people, you have half an hour, it may be not so much then, yeah. And then you um, 
mix it into a one text file and yeah. I think what's probably the easiest thing to do would be uh, for someone to listen to the the conference again and just note down when we started talking about specific topics. I think if we try and summarize uh, what we talked about, then we might try and impose uh, our own personal opinion over certain topics. No, 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 not that would be much more work more like, for example, like Pepper is doing now, he's noting the times um, for for this call, yeah, and then probably he'll publish it. And uh, as you said, we could do it also for the first one, and then yeah, and then if from there, from 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 the times, we go to some old forum threads where we then also post info here, look here, we have discussed it there a little bit. You might want to listen on it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Or well, like fully transcoding for, uh, to text what we said. Sounds like just a, a minute keeper. Yeah, and I mean you can like you can uh, hyperlink to specific times within the SoundCloud, uh, you know, call. Uh, so. Yeah, you could jot down when we started talking about things, uh, when certain people started talking or whatever, and uh, just put hyperlinks next to it. It's probably the quick- quickest way to do it. If someone wants to listen to only a, sp- a specific topic, uh, they can just skip to it and then exit, you know, when they've finished talking about it. So like markers? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I already have a list of participants slash attendees. Um, cool. I'm going to edit the text. So that it's like XX 42, 47 PM, etc. Cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. Awesome. Uh, regarding uh, BlockPay, uh, you mentioned uh, that was regarding, uh, it was talking about, uh, it was in the yesterday's uh, Beyond Bitcoin uh, conference call. I was talking about uh, our current status getting uh, Gridcoin integrated into Open, I know, into Open Ledger. Yeah, it looks like the Gridcoin market pegged asset, which is a dis- uh, a distributed token, uh, isn't going to go live uh, for a while yet. Uh, there's some users on the uh, the BitShares platform that are raising concerns, like, oh, what if someone, you know manipulated the market because we don't have a large trading volume uh uh, you know if this then that could happen you know so they're talking about that so once we have enough uh witnesses that will go live but that's completely separate from the uh integration of gridcoin into open ledger with integration into open ledger we'll have uh, a token called open.gridcoin which is basically you'll trade, you'll send Gridcoin to uh, Open Ledger, you'll get that token back, and it just represents Gridcoin. With that, you will be able to uh, move that onto uh, several different uh, uh, mobile wallets. One called uh, Moonstone, uh, another called Smart Coins Wallet. Uh, Moonstone's in Alpha. Smart Coins is on the uh, Android Marketplace. Uh, there are two web wallets we can use, Open Ledger and Freedom Ledger, and uh, as well as the main standalone uh, BitShares wallet. So that's immediately we will have uh, like five different uh, wallets that we can move Gridcoin about on. Uh, 
you know, with a much faster block time speed. It's like a micropayment channel when you move your grid coin onto that blockchain. Uh, but lastly, it is uh, block block pay. I'll just link. I'll put the hyperlink into the chat. Basically, it's a point of sale system. So, like, uh, it's an application that can run on several different existing uh, platforms that users have. Uh, sorry, that uh, are running in like stores. You know, uh, I think one's Odoo, like O D O O. Basically, this will allow people that have a shop and this hardware already, like we're talking like 50,000 plus shops, whatever, uh, will be able to accept uh, these smart coins and Gridcoin will be one of them. So you could walk into one of these, uh, you know, uh, into one of these places of business that has this terminal and pay in Gridcoin and they don't have to be specifically saying, hey, we accept Gridcoin, they just have the block pay terminal and you can pay with it, you know, and they won't hold grid coin. It will basically be uh, tra- transferred into a different token or whatever, maybe like into fiat, you know, directly for that uh, business. And uh, one of the main advantages is that uh, uh, the user pays a very small fee and the business doesn't pay any fee. So it seems that it could have like kind of an explosive growth uh, in the future. So, if we can get Gridcoin on there, then we could maybe get, you know, Gridcoin into your local, sh- you know, uh, shop, you know. So you spend your electricity mining Gridcoin, you go to the shop and buy, you know, your eggs and milk with it. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty awesome, eh? That'd be amazing. <laughs> My cat likes it. Does anyone have any questions about, like, uh, BitShares, OpenLedger, or... Uh, LockPay or any of these mobile wallets will have access to? BitShares. Uh, I was looking into that, and it looks like their their mining pool is... Uh, they've been having some some drama going on. Um, is Are they ongoing, or what's, what's the story there? I think they used to have a mining pool for... Uh, you could have... Uh, say you had ASICs, you wanted to earn... Uh, you know, a token on their platform. Uh, I think that was a thing uh, a couple, like a year ago, but I, I believe it it no longer exists. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, so yeah, sorry, I can't really elaborate on that. Uh, it's it's not a a proof of work cryptocurrency. It's a delegate delegated proof of stake cryptocurrency. So like you have. You buy some, uh, you know, uh, bit shares, and you can vote on uh, individuals who will secure the blockchain for you. You know. Oh, okay, as long as it's uh, just still going. Uh, yeah, there uh, bit shares is unaffected. I think uh, whatever mining pool there was once, like it was just like a, a multi pool, you know, where you. Uh, mined whatever and you got back like tokens on the platform but it wasn't like you know something that was going to break uh bit shares if it broke okay cool cool, cool. anyone else uh, yeah i'm not i'm not sure if related but about the electrum uh, server is there some uh, a progress update uh, yeah, they they kind of got a wee bit quiet. It, it kind of sucks. Uh, I could totally chase them up again. Uh, 
They require two servers to run, but they've not chased me up about, you know, oh, you've got to set up these two servers for it to run, uh, you know. So I don't know if they're, like, stuck doing integration. Like, like a month ago, they were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be in the next release. Uh, so I'll definitely make that a priority to chase up, be like, hey, what's going on? Uh, they're making uh, clients for multiple other platforms, so it's not just going to be for Android. It's going to be for, uh, I think, desk like uh, Windows, uh, iPhone, and stuff like that, and Windows Phone and stuff. So maybe they've like pivoted and they're trying to make a massive, uh, you know, product uh, relaunch or whatever, like onto multiple platforms, and that maybe might be delaying a launch. But I'm just speculating. I'll chase that up, man. Mm, thank you. All right, uh, should we talk about uh, the last uh, community hangout? Any topics that were uh, discussed then? Uh, I, I could link uh, the previous list of topics that we discussed. Good idea. All right, just uh, put the, uh, the link in the chat. Uh, so if anyone wants to, you know, re-raise any of the topics, uh, I'm open to discussing them. Have you heard about our Lord Cthulhu? He's okay. <laughs> that, that reptilian guy. He scares the shit out of me. He's really big. How about we talk about trying to brand, uh, trying to contact the uh, the Boink community? Like, uh, I think we should directly try and approach the uh, their project governance. Try and get them in the next call. That'd be kind of interesting. Try and uh, get them to explain the project governance, like. Uh, See if there's any kind of re-election process or how they determine, uh, you know, consensus within the entire Boink community on where development should go and what their perspective is on the potential for a fourth-gen Boink credit system. You know, because uh, previously uh, Christian Beer uh, posted in the fourth-gen credit system thread saying, oh, I missed it, you know, uh, when's the next one going to be uh, put the details up and then he didn't show up. So fair enough, you know, he's probably forgotten about it and then he'll post again and be like, oh crap, I missed it, you know. But uh, maybe uh, posting in the mailing list seems to be where they all hang out. Yeah, mailing list for, I don't know. Yeah. For, for I think they are free guys, yeah? The the, the two old ones and Christian Beer, the new one. But, uh, or... Good thing is Christian Beer comes from the Russian. I just posted a link Russian to the Boink project governance um, site, where also YoYo is from. So um, it may be good to also ask YoYo. We can contact him directly, perhaps. Yeah. So it's uh, those that are in uh, that are on the management committee are the leader of the Einstein project, David Anderson. Uh, that's the Boink founder and architect. Uh, he's he's taken like a step back a little bit from Boink development, but uh, that's another thing. Christian Beer, uh, we were just speaking about. Uh, the director of Grid Republic, which is one of the largest uh, you know account managers alongside uh, Boink Sets. Uh, the chief scientist of SETI at home. The technical lead of IBM World Community Grids. Uh, Rom Walton, a consultant who's regularly contributing to Boink development. He'd be good to talk to. And uh, Willie from Boink Stats. So I really think it'd be interesting to try and get uh, some of the uh, 
the members of that committee or the entire committee to talk at one time. That'd be very interesting. Kind of put the challenge to them. Yeah, it's a good idea. I mean, uh, we, we, we could either give them like a short um, invitation, like, hey, we are Gridcoin, we are helping out Boink, yeah. It would be great if you could join us or <laughs> if you want to go deeper. Here we have already discussed the fourth gen. What's your opinion? Come and talk about us. Definitely. I think uh, I've previously, previously reached out to World Community Grid, but that was regarding the team uh, membership uh, requirement, Fred. And they said back, like, oh, we don't, you know, interfere in team, you know, uh, topics. So... Uh, they may be open to, you know, talk interacting with the Gridcoin community when it's not, you know, uh, serious, uh, you know, uh, community issues or whatever. Yeah, I think we need to make a connection with them. We really do. I think it's a good idea, especially the uh, whitelisted projects. Definitely. I think that would be a very good idea because it would give them an opportunity not only to advertise themselves, but it would also give them an opportunity to realize that we're serious about what we're trying to do. Yeah, and uh, the, the outside effect that uh, when we get Boink people um, to here is is good for us too. Yeah. What do you think about the frequency of Hangouts? Should this be our weekly uh basis or every two weeks what do you think we waited two weeks this time i think we should try for weekly i think we try for weekly then it becomes more regimented and not only that but it means that um, we're all hearing a lot of these things but they get put on the long finger because they're uh, because it's it's um once every two weeks yeah true might be less intimidating for people uh, also, there might be a lot of people not sure. Like, there's a lot of chatter on the Mumble server, but we weren't here doing the official stuff, so I don't know what the heck. I would suggest if we go to weekly, we put a time limit on it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we're going to... Um, because we, co- we will cover the same ground quite often, particularly if we do... Weekly, because we'll have new people coming in, and they'll want to they'll want to re- recover ground, and that's okay. Just that we don't want to spend three hours every Sunday. Definitely. Or Saturday, whatever it is for you guys, Saturday night. We will we be able to tip Gridcoin to uh, increase our talking time? Uh, well, potentially. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kidding, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're a Ferengi, aren't you? Yeah, no, always looking for ways to make more of those shiny space dollars. Or <laughs> get the fuck out. No, sorry, man. Um, I was talking about uh, cycling grid coin about. Could we actually even manage that or what? Like the untouchable amount that just kind of hops from wallet to wallet that might uh, artificially increase wealth. I have looked into setting up a coin join website. What, like a mixer? It's a mixer. That's very cool. Which would allow people, particularly the whales, to flush their coins in a way that would actually 
break up how easy it is at the moment to pick pick the whales. Mm. Because a lot of, you know, the vast majority of these coins never change hands. Yeah. I mean, you can, uh, you know, if you were to uh, go through who created what block, you know, you could work out that certain people have more stake weight, weights than others. But it's, as we're saying, not, uh, what, only 60 mil uh, is being staked at the current time out of, like, what, 370 mil? So, yeah. It could be good. Yes, I, I started watching it since our last conversation, Custom Miner, on this. I've got test wallets, so I keep different amounts in them, and then I see how long it takes for them to stake. Uh, it's bouncing around between 50 million and 100 million is staking it. But that's not a lot. It's a quarter. That's a quarter no, it's of not a lot. A quarter or a fifth of the of the total amount. If uh, DPOR weight is equal to the total uh, balance weights, then that could be a serious concern as well. That's why I was like, you know, digging through the uh, DPOR weight code, just trying to like decipher whether that not that is the case. You know. Yes. Exactly, but I thought you know, just doing coin join would also in- dramatically increase the anonymity factor. Yeah, because miner, miners versus possessors. Is there any risk on your part of running a coin join website? No, because um, and I have looked into this. The, the the most popular coin join for Bitcoin, um, basically a pre-agreed multi-sig transaction and basically all the transactions happen on the coin join before it ever get, goes to the blockchain and everybody signs off on it and then it's just one massive um, set of transactions that all happen at once once everybody's signed off so there isn't actually unless you charged for it I guess that might be one reason why a number of the coin join sites don't charge Possibly, I've what well, the conjoin sites I've seen. You know, the mixers they do charge like free to you know like three percent or whatever. Yeah. Yes, a number of them do, and and the number of those are kind of semi dark sites because they don't want to be found out. Yeah. Um, but there are free one. There are mixers and there are coin joins, and coin joins requires everybody everybody to front up. And 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 basically do a giant multi-sig transaction. Cool. And uh, and then it cascades through a number of addresses. Well, I'll look forward to uh, the, this development. It sounds quite interesting. Yeah, and it and it would be a way to uh, to flush some of those coins out of retirement and also allow the whales to. I don't know. Fade into the background a little bit. Yeah, because you could you could break your 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 big whale wallets up into one or two other investor wallets separate from your crunching. Once those have been coin joined a number of times, nobody's going to trace them. Yeah, and you wouldn't be able to match that. Uh, you know, a large wallet uh, to your CVID. Then you know. That's right. Cool. Excellent. 
I just see uh, F King Lag has just joined us. Uh, do you want to talk quickly very about uh, your uh, experience of Wine uh, or play on Linux and what you wanted to change? Oh, okay, never mind then. <laughs> I know, right? Well, it is laggy, you know. It's about fucking time. Is all <laughs> I want to say. Fucking lag. Yeah, guy. Where you been? All right. One other thing was uh, uh, over a week ago. Now we talked about. Uh, actually, in the last hangout, we talked about uh, you know reaching out to the projects that don't have SSL encryption, and uh, it was we're just waiting back on uh, people getting back to Neuralminer regarding that. Uh, I, I sent a message about that, and I don't think the majority have actually gotten back to them about it. What do you think about the uh, the idea of putting them to vote regarding that? Do you think it's a big deal or not, or what? Yeah, for sure. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. The problem I see is that there are so many who have a low score that um, seriously skew the the crunching community. Yeah, like remove something. Removing like eight at, projects at could point. be, uh, you know, I don't know if it could be negatively perceived by the uh, gridcoin community. You know, especially the fact that uh, the majority of users don't participate in uh, polls. You know, they may come back to uh, a lot of people set it and forget. You know, their configuration. Uh, they may come back after like a week of not looking at their machine and realize, hey, my configuration no longer is making me gridcoin. What the hell, you know? But at the same time, no SSL encryption is bad. I mean, a, a bad grade for SSL is okay, but mismatching or no SSL is pretty poor. I mean, I was setting up my project and it only took me like two days to get SSL. Not like it's that technically challenging. It's free now as well. Yeah. Yeah, we have three SSL certificates for some reason. I did a check last night. Yeah, I, I think that's just... Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. They're all like GoDaddy certificates or something. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why uh, Rob's paying for them. I think... He just paid for them, and then we came up with the idea of like using Let's Encrypt like a day or two afterwards. So, lessons learned for maybe next time. I don't know. Need to enable TLS one point two on the site as well. Uh, could you, we could create a GitHub issue for that. Also, the license for the source. Yeah, that disappeared somehow. Yeah. Mm, back to the purging. I think. Um be done careful or so one argument is um okay the projects were running already all this time yeah and suddenly they disappeared so it should be given a little bit more time yeah and the other thing is um contacting the boing project admins one time two times three times is a good argument and later for the purging that when they don't react yeah yeah it's also not good but um Oh, well, I I first reached out to uh, all these projects uh, about two months ago now uh, through their forums, uh, you know, like the ask a question, report an issue, whatever section of the, their forums, and uh, the majority of them did not reply. Uh, 
I got banned from Bitcoin Utopia for it. <laughs> uh, well, that's not really the main reason, but yeah. Uh, I think a couple upgraded their uh, SSL quality. I think a GPU grid and maybe even, uh, I can't remember, another one did. Maybe Colats, I'm not sure. Uh, but the majority did not get back to us on it. And I think that may be the same case for Neural Miner. I think it's another reason, uh, it's another thing that... Uh, it's a good idea to invite them to this uh, mumble session, you know, and we can express that in person, uh, you know, voice to voice saying, hey, we we want SSL encryption or we may, you know, remove our support in your project, you know, not in a negative way, but you know, just to actually get the point across. I think we might have to remove the or from the statement entirely so it doesn't sound in any way intimidating. Like, hi, we would like you to enable SSL on your site because it seems sketchy to our users. Yeah, just remove the, or we're going to remove you kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good point. They may they may see that as negative. In fact, doing that, the, the thing is, because we have the team requirement, if we say that in a, in a team forum, people from other teams or a few who aren't in teams speak up and say, I don't give a whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, remove us from the whitelist. We don't care, you know. But, whatever. Yeah, we don't want to get their backs up. Yeah, true, true. It just should be a friendly reminder that, you know, security is important. Yeah. I mean, if we want to talk about security, there's also, like, the the centralization risk that uh, account managers pose. And there's nothing really we can do about that. Like, uh... When you think about it, Boink stats, if you look at the registered accounts, it's like well over 100,000 user accounts, and those users share the same password across all Boink projects they sign up for, right? So if one project doesn't have SSL and is uh, falls victim to a man-in-the-middle attack, right, suddenly it's not one project that's, uh, you know, compromised, it's 30, and also your Boink stats account, you know what I mean? So it can escalate quickly. Yeah, that's exactly my worry. Okay, that's my task for the afternoon. I'm going to go through all the Boink websites and do an SSL check on them. Uh, I can send a couple links to you. Uh, we should make a dedicated thread for it. Uh, actually, there was something that we should chase up. Was uh, uh, We raised the idea of making a dedicated sub-forum for Boink projects instead of just having the one massive whitelisted thread, you know? That way we can uh, have individual project discussion. Okay. That requires either Rob or RT Money to request it. Okay. Just stepping back to something just two minutes ago, I think you've identified the key persuader and that is Boinkstats. Yep. Boinkstats contacts those projects and says, you're leaving me vulnerable. I need your help. Get SSL on. They'll do it. Good who's, point. Who's, who, who's the big fish? It's Boinkstats. Who's the most at risk? It's Boinkstats. Definitely. We should try and... Uh, that's... Uh, Boinkstats is a member of the uh, of the pro the project governance 
uh, model. So if we can get a group conversation with them, we could raise the issue at that, you know, uh, meeting directly to Boinkstats, you know. Well, maybe then we should uh, concentrate on getting Boinkstats in the next Hangout. Really push for it. That sounds a good idea. I mean, we should have a decent, uh, you know, rapport with them. We have advertised uh, several times on Boinkstats and, uh, you know, each time we advertised on there, it effectively covered an entire month uh, worth of uh, hosting costs. So, you know, definitely. Well, I, I think that's our um, that's our nexus point in terms of leverage and, and getting the job done. I agree. And, and And the second tier is when we do start emailing all our users, you know, each time we have a, a newsletter, we, we ask all our users to email a project. That's Tell a them. Tell them to, to turn on SSL. So basically, it's it's like, oh, oh 4,000 people emailed me today and said I need SSL. Maybe I should do something. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of ways of skinning a cat apart from using a knife. Indeed, but the leverage, the fulcrum, is Boinkstats. So boing stats it is. Poor cats. I just tweeted directly at uh, Coinomi Wallet uh, asking for a status update if uh, people want to uh, like it or whatever. They're usually quite responsive on Twitter. Uh, I think we've run out of uh, competitions. Uh, Inter-team competitions. Does anyone have a preference for the next project we should uh, schedule a competition for? Well, we, we could go for projects which we didn't do yet, competitions. I mean, on the whitelist, we have, what, 33, 30 projects, yeah? And we should aim to get each of them in a competition once, even if we lose. <laughs> uh, some of them were blanked out uh, in the Boink Stats uh, uh, website. I'm not sure if uh, we need to get Rob to do it, you know, if he has, like, uh, extra team founder permissions to do so. Uh, but I can certainly uh, put a list of uh, available projects up and we can, uh, you know, discuss it further in the uh, the competition thread on CryptoCoin Talk, if anyone's interested. That, that might also be a way of getting them to come and join us in the Hangout. Yeah, true. The... Uh, the competitions for specific projects, yeah. Get them to come and do a pitch. Definitely, like such flex earlier. That was quite helpful. I mean, like uh, uh, earlier, you know, when such flex wasn't here, we were kind of like, you know, raising questions that we didn't know answered, and you know, it was kind of, uh, you know, perception wasn't brilliant. And then he came in, you know, we got to know him, you know, he explained certain things and. Uh, I, don't, I, I think my perception of such flex has definitely changed. Yeah, I think we know a bit more about them. That's what it is. And, you know, unfortunately, um, you do gain perceptions, don't you? Well, like he was saying, uh, when I asked him about the open sourceness and stuff like that, he didn't uh, quite understand. And he was saying how his coder buds in the project are going to be upset at him that he didn't have the knowledge and maybe uh, J.D. Heater, who was the guy that came into our IRC, didn't quite have the social finesse 
where he had the technical prowess, you know? Definitely. Yeah, man, it's hard to be both. Yeah.